0: The hero of that round was Ben McDurick 10 ing Eldar on stream with guard. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 53 of Stat Check. This episode is titled WTC 2023 Recap. I am Innes and I am joined by Jeremy and Nathan. Uh, Anthony is on holiday in Iceland today and uh, is having a wonderful time. Um, I'll not spoil his news for him, he can do it when he's back. Um, But I hope everybody is having a wonderful two weeks, enjoyed the week without us, uh, had a great time at WTC Warmasters or any other event you were at, and is looking forward to us getting into it because... Uh, all three of us were there, all three of us had a great time. I'm sure Anthony, Tim, and Typhus will all share their experiences at separate occasions whenever they get a chance on the network, uh, but you can best believe that given how much of a stellar event it was, that none of us will want to shut up about it for the foreseeable future. So you can imagine that this will probably turn into a multi-week coverage of what the event was like, and it's only, as Jeremy is so cruel cool to remind us, exactly 51 weeks today until the next WTC starts on the 6th of August so without further ado how are you guys doing how was your event are you having a good time
1: that was the most soothing radio voice-esque intro i've ever heard in my entire life and major kudos to ennis that apparently the exhaustion and fatigue of wtc has apparently made him an
0: a radio personality from professional radio <laughs> My voice um, is just so screwed up that I can't really go above this level of voice at the moment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all we really needed to do all along to make unscuffed intros was have Ines lose his voice, apparently. Um, I don't know. My flight home was unscuffed and had no problems, so I got just a direct flight home without any issues. took the train from Mechlin to Brussels with TJ and Fox, and... Then saw Eric Forsman of Team USA on my airplane back to Chicago. Uh, I don't know; it's hard to figure out a way to start talking about the WTC in the last week of stuff
0: because there's like. We'll too probably much do stuff it to something to like about. chronologically. Um, that seems like the easiest way to good. do it. So,
2: let's start with the simple questions. Nathan, this was your first WTC one. Did you have fun?
1: Oh, it's a fucking blast! I don't. I think the coaches got used to me just walking around and like making eyebrow waggles at them to get information. Um, I would walk by like Denise, uh, the coach for Team Australia and just like waggle my eyebrows at him. And he'd look at me and he'd either waggle them back or not waggle them back, depending on how they were doing.
2: <laughs> Denith is a gem. I love um, seeing him
1: every year. And then the coach for Luxembourg, uh came up with a signal where if they were doing poorly, he'd crawl under a table and rock back and forth crying.
0: Unfortunately for the Luxembourg... Is that a signal or just what he was doing and you interpreted it as? (laughs)
2: So
1: it was a signal because he told me he'd do it. Unfortunately, he did it quite a bit over the weekend because Team Luxembourg was having kind of a rough go of WTC. Despite Thierry and their coach being just amazing people, they were the only two members of Team Luxembourg I got to talk to, though. So... So yeah, uh, WTC, 13 out of 10, would do again. Uh, I'm planning to do again. Uh, you will be I'm doing very, it again. You and I'm have a very... Change. Yeah, I've been told already in our back back <laughs> backstage chat yeah. that I don't have I already volunteered
0: told you for Tom Neal and the chat, so you'll <laughs> we'll be back.
1: It was, no it was also f- funny because Neil was like, yeah, just talk to the stat check people when you get home. Figure out if they want to send you back again. And I was like, I don't know if you've ever seen our backstage chat, but if they get like one good review... <laughs> and they think that I did an okay job, I'll come back. <laughs>
2: um, Money well spent sending Nathan to the WTC,
0: I will say oh, that for sure. Just yeah, for yeah, the I... look on his face when he had to realize he had to play Warmasters with Darren 35 models. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'll tell we'll the, get I'll that, tell we'll that get
1: story that. eventually. We'll tell it during the War Masters portion. <laughs> um I had lovely I had a lovely experience. I think if you can go to WTC even as a non-playing person, like just hanging around for a day or two is an amazing idea you can meet like all the coaches like all the players during downtime you can say hi to anybody during game time you can still say hi to coaches but you should like wave at them first to make sure that they're not like dying between things
0: i know of at least people who 2 people who attended just to do one Masters who got adopted into other roles because they were there in <laughs> yes. uh, tj and tom crayford so tj definitely uh. volunteered himself
1: into a role i think not knowing what to expect
0: I, will also... I guess I'll run the shop. And Tom, we just yeah. kind of were like, hey, you're coaching us now. Uh, yeah. we just kind of um, grab him by the neck. Like, we have a player, player card because a guy got chicken pox. Here you go. You're us now. <laughs> oh, man. yeah. I, I, I talked to Mac-Jurick.
2: Tom. Yeah, yeah Ben McJerick,
1: <laughs> The most Scottish Scotsman who was present for the Scottish
0: National Team. <laughs> we'll get to them as well. So... Gary, Jeremy, how was your travel home? I'll cover mine, and then we'll do the week. Then I'll run through what this breakdown of the show is going to be for everybody at home.
2: Long but uneventful, which was good. I got home in one piece. I said hi to my cats. I hugged my wife after I had not having seen her over a week, and it was all lovely. And then I slept for I don't know somewhere between thirteen and seventeen hours. I lost track.
0: It's pretty good. I, I think I did the same. I go home and it was like fifth. It was like shower bed. Um, I will say I have the wonderful pleasure of. Because I booked the direct flight from Brussels Airport rather than Brussels Charleroi, the south one, uh, I left my hotel at ten forty, was back at home by five p.m. It was magical. I was also home by five p.m. Yeah, but you time travel; it's not quite the same. <laughs> yeah, I was home. I was home before four o'clock my time.
1: I got uh, the best part was that it took me lo- so much less time to get through so many more people in passport control in Chicago than anywhere else. Line comparable length, but it took me. Way less time because apparently. Never mind. We won't talk about that. That was the only travel problem, not the only travel problem I had getting to Brussels or other. It's a fucking disaster. Anthony You've told me he's never. Curse.
2: You made it to the event.
1: I, I did, and I got back in, in on time. Actually, early even. It was great. Uh, there you go. And, so, Ennis, how are we going to structure this fucking
0: nonsense? So, the way we're going to very broadly structure this <laughs> is we're going to start by doing the last two weeks in stats because we missed last week people like to know what the meta is going on i can tell you in advance that it's going to be it's the same dumpster fire it's always been because nothing's changed but we're going to do it with like the level of vim and vigor that you've always expect from stack check which is to all say right. v- functionally none
1: <laughs> vim and vigor it
0: is all right and then we're going to do the wc coverage in probably three steps we're going to cover the war masters because all three of us played in it we're going to cover the main event and the coverage side of the main event for Nathan. And then we're going to cover the social side. Then we'll do the plugs. And Then we'll do show questions. We're going to try and keep this to the usual tight 90. I say tight 90 in like any way, shape, or form referring to the fact that we have never finished in 90 minutes. <laughs> we're going to try and stop this from going to the point where I have to hold cool my eyelids open with matchsticks. That's basically the point that we're
1: getting at here. <laughs> we heard the cat um, for the first time on Jeremy's
0: stream. We hope you're all on board for the ride. WTC is a uh, nightmare hellscape of a week that is the best week of my life. The reason I schedule my calendar the way I do. Um, I wouldn't replace it for the world. And if I'm ever not back, if I'm ever not back playing, I'll be back refing. But, oh my God, I'm so tired. <laughs> I, I
2: Let's think kick I into got... the stats
0: then, shall we? Let's just go in. All Great. right. So... so I can mute and sleep for five minutes.
1: So... Like Ines said, I'm going to blast through two weeks of stats because I don't give a fuck.
2: And, um, oh, also, I will add a caveat to this. I have done the stats for the last two weeks. I have not finished faction checks because I slept for somewhere between 13 and 17 hours. When the dashboard is updated in a few days' time, everything will be fixed. But so yep. caveat that some numbers might differ slightly from whatever you end up seeing on the dashboard.
1: Assume that everything is plus or minus 3%. There you go. All right. Ready, folks? Plus or minus 3%. Um... Unsurprisingly, I'm just going to sum the two weeks of stats together because I don't give any any shits about the numbers, really. Uh, also, as a cool advertisement piece, we will at some point be going through the stats for the teams event. We got really cool stats from talking to Diffy from Best Coast Pairings, who has been giving me who gave me stats over the course of the teams event. So at some point. Cliff, Jeremy, and I are going to go through those, and then we'll probably do a piece of bonus content on them for patrons, or maybe for everybody. I don't know yet. I haven't decided. Um, But as soon as we know that we're going to do that, we'll probably do that within the next week while the stats are still fresh and people still care. um, And do kind of an editorial about some stuff. I already have thoughts on it, but many people were already told those thoughts while I drank beer. Um, But stats for the last two weeks. Eldar... Uh, 65% win rate, technically 64.9, make up nearly 12% of the meta. They won five events over the last two weeks. They 18, 18 top fours over the last two weeks, 31 top tens an over rep of 2.5, just because somebody needed that in their lives. Uh, Gene Steeler Colts aren't really that far behind them at 64.5% win rate, 6.4%, which is probably the most Gene Steeler Colts players were ever going to see and ever will see in the entire past, present, and future of GW. Uh, They also won five events. They had nine top fours and 16 top tens for an overall overrep of only 2.33. Yeah, so that's that's the top end. Um, There were five other GT wins uh, by five other factions over those two weeks. So five other factions... Every other faction, not Eldar or Craftworld Eldar, together
0: just just to got confirmate. the same number of Are GT many,
1: wins as events? Eldar or uh...
2: fifteen events.
0: Fifteen events. And five of them weren't GSC and Eldar.
2: Yeah, correct. One third of them each... were won by Eldar. One third of them were won by GSC, and the other third were won by five different factions.
1: Yep. <laughs> One third won by everybody fucking else, buddy.
2: Which is Necrons, oh. Thousand Sons, Chaos Space Marines, Tyranids, and base marines technically death watch i believe
1: it was death watch yeah i can already see that there has been a little bit of minor not faction checking in here i blame mikey it's okay uh we'll fix it later but um yeah so the meta is still kind of fucked up guys uh, i will give you a preview and a hint as it were into some of the team stats which have pairings like so people can pair you but without the mirror Uh, removed Eldar won about 75% of their matchups Uh, with the mirror removed it's probably like somewhere in the 80s like Mm -hmm. 80 something and that's including draws yeah that's withdraws and that includes people um occasionally just fucking up Eldar's day through dice essentially um or, or, or like Liam building Hack-
0: the hardest skew I only ever play Eldar this list yeah. is designed to be Eldar yeah. <laughs> and you just give them what? like the mirror or this and they're like well I guess we'll take the other one and then they're wrong and then they get smashed oh, which yeah. is or like when
2: head- someone oopsies into GSC
1: or Liam Hackett wraps yeah. an entire Eldar army in the center with a Necron warrior blob and they never get to move or shoot ever again
0: yeah or you know there's like right. four fail conditions out of a billion games. So, you know, maybe don't lean too hard on that being a counter, guys. Uh, you're not going to play Nekwins as well as Liam Hackett does. I'm sorry. But
1: but in better news, or at least, Jeremy, I think you have an, a better news piece to addend
2: at the end of this, maybe. I don't know if it's better news. <laughs> um, but one of the things that we did find was when I was going through the numbers is that if you take War Masters, which was a 284-person super major, out of the stats... um then let me very quickly pull these numbers. So without it, the last two weeks of stats, 65% for Eldari, 65% for GW, for, for them. If you take Warmasters out, that actually jumps up to 69% for GSC and 66% for Eldari. So apparently Warmasters, where you have the top level players all playing, in theory, the best that they can, um, you drop Gene Steeler Cult win rate by about 5%.
0: Yeah, I think GSC got found out pretty hard this weekend is probably one of my biggest takeaways from the event.
1: They still did pretty well overall in the numbers, but they did have
0: a real bad
1: day compared we'll compared to singles. There's a big differential in statistics. Yeah, I mean, like out of a potential singles and
0: teams there. Yeah, I think GSC went like two one and four into us as a team, and I think America, mm-hmm. Team America said they went like all one and six into them. Things like yeah. that. Like it GSC are very yeah, really and one draw into America. Yeah. Uh, if you're planning for it, you very clearly can beat GSC. There are definitely mm-hmm. things that beat them in the meta. And if they caught even the smallest nerf, I think that they're now going what to I be at the to look at is The
2: round-by-round round win rate for GSC at that event, um, which I'll look at when I do a deeper dive later, because uh, one of the most hilarious things was Mission 3 of Warmasters was Ritual plus Scrambler Fields, which when I played my GSC on that, I was like, so I can't take an objective for the entire game against Custodes, because you will just make it sticky and walk off. Yep, and I can't drop on it, and I can't walk on it without you just blowing. See,
0: I put against knights in that mission, and we both forgot it was a rule. <laughs> so, just as an aside, um, for wins, so I
1: went through the win loss data for GSC after round like six, uh-huh. um, or for through round six basically, and they were at a fifty four percent win
2: rate, so respectable. Uh this is for the WTC, not War Masters. This right? is for
1: teams by yeah, itself. Okay. Uh so. which is the largest drop of any faction aside from Tao. But we'll talk about Tao some other time. Uh, They on average, though, only scored a 10.7, which is a 10 to an 11, basically. Mm -hmm. So they on average scored a draw or an 11.9, which isn't great. Considering
2: that GSC are one of the top
1: most singles factions at the moment, right?
2: Yeah, I think our GSC averaged a 12 when I took Croatia Mm -hmm. out of our pairings because the Croatia round was very weird for us. Yeah. So, like, we're going to talk about
1: this more in, like, before a whole week, essentially. Probably next week is probably when we'll talk about it. Um, We need some time to process the numbers. Yeah, and, like, to decide how we're going to split it and stuff like that. I think we're going to split a few different ways, probably by seeding, also by phases of WTC, and look at how all those things change these numbers, because there are definitely some situations, um, like the U.S. into Cyprus, where some of the numbers kind of get can get a little skewy because of it. Um, which is worth taking into account when you're doing some of this stuff. I don't even think anybody took leagues at.
2: No, a... uh, they're talking about just in general. Oh. No, no one, no, no, there were no leagues. There were no world leaders, and there were no Death Guard. Uh, there at were teams at the teens event
0: at War Masters, There was one Death Guard player. One yeah. Death Guard. There was a Voltan at least. Like there was definitely a few. There yeah. so there had was a, a
2: 31.2 percent win rate over the last two weeks in GTA. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what
1: I was about to say, actually, as well as 31.2% for them. It is still making them the worst faction, just under Drukari, who are at 34%. Um, they both have about the same play rate. They both had just slightly over a dozen players. Um, so they're not doing too great. There's a whole slew of the uh, meta that needs some assistance. Um, yeah. I just like want four- to
2: point out one of the interesting like 14 things. 14 factions. And this is probably heavily skewed by Warmasters, so I'd have to take that out again, because Warmasters was a very weird event from a meta perspective. Um, Marines are dropping considerably in in play percentage. They're down to 14% of the meta when they were at like 19% for the last few weeks.
1: Is that summing all of them That's together? putting all of them together, yeah, okay. in the the second tab. 14% is low. Um, like, look relatively the, speaking, yeah. If you
2: look at the full data set that we have, they're like eighteen percent,
1: yeah. And usually, we, we're when you used don't look to them the being around two weeks, twenty to twenty-five percent, realistically.
2: Uh, that was the end of net, that. Was the end of arcs. Arcs was when they were getting into the twenties. Historically, they're between fifteen and twenty percent.
1: Yeah, I just always um, remember them being around twenty percent. It's just yeah. kind of where they've sat.
2: Yep. Uh, but yeah, Eldari are still at, t- are at 12% of the meta, so we might actually see, until there's an adjustment, Eldari past Space Marines if that trend continues. I mean, it does help that you only need to collect, like,
1: maybe 30 miniatures for an Eldar army at this point. Yeah, but so Spaniature. many of them are ancient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, some of them are Forge World, but some of them are very easy to acquire. Uh, we're not going to talk about probably too much more than that, to answer Sam um, we probably won't talk about some of the weird proxies and situations like that. We'll, we'll talk about my proxy situation, which is
2: <laughs> an entirely
1: um, different set of circumstances.
2: I will actually address this very quickly with Croatia. Uh, we identified early on in our round that they were using quite a few not WYSIWYG or proxy models, and we just let it slide. Um, we didn't really feel like making an issue out of it during the first round. Uh, we let that. We let other teams do that. We were more just interested in playing out our first game and making the most of it. Um,
1: Elo Woozle. That actually might be something worth tracking. We do have player names. We can see them when they switch factions dramatically. But it's worth also noting that it's better to use that as like if it's consistent over time and not like a week to week thing. You want to see if that player population like slides for multiple weeks into another collection before making a decision about where those players are going. Because some people who play a lot of competitive 40k have like have access to six or seven or eight or all the factions if they need to. So it's worth waiting to take a look to see how that population swerves and if it's consistent right now that you're all depressed um maybe two weeks from now gw will fix everything there you go or a month from now rather because it's only mid october mid august
0: i definitely believe
1: you need definitely sure we can all believe me it's a terrible
2: dominant nathan
1: (laughs) man i just felt like a surge of adrenaline (laughs) My adrenaline, my adrenal cortex system, may be mostly broken, um, but it, it still managed to just squeak out a surge right there to wake me up a little bit more. Thanks, buddy. Just You're like,
0: welcome. how dare you? How dare you say such a thing? Yeah. All right. How dare? Shall you we say kick the off the the, uh, the event discussion? Because I think stats. Yeah. yeah. Nothing has really changed. Let's do it. How is it? How did everybody feel about Warmasters? How did you? How did we all do? I guess I'll start. Uh. Go for it. <laughs>
2: Nathan, will go to you last because your story is the most amusing. It is um, the funniest. So I, I, I'll be honest. I, I talked about this beforehand on the show. I had no idea what I wanted to play going into War Masters. It was like a month before listsub, and I hadn't hobbied in like two months. Uh, so I just basically asked my team, "All right, who isn't playing War Masters and could I borrow your army?" Uh, and that ended up being our GSC player, Riley Trombley, who very wisely decided to not play War Masters <laughs> and just play the main team event. Uh, so I borrowed his army. Uh, as the pretty bog standard GSC build with the aberrant brick. Um, I had fun. Uh, I lost my first game at Imperial Knights on a misplay round battle round two. And then from there, uh, I just kind of faffed about uh, I beat Marines twice. I lost to custodes. Um, I beat Knights the second time around. I played it. I hate I played air from the Iceland team uh, in a absolutely stupid game where I this was round five. I think at this point. And I said, I don't care what happens. I'm putting my aberrants nine inches away from Canis Rex. If I go first, I end the game turn one. If I go second, eh, we'll play a game. And I rolled the six to go first. And killed Canis and Canis killed five aberrants back. And then the game ended turn two. Uh, and then I had played a wonderful game into Florian from uh, Team Netherlands into his t sons. Uh, it was round six of the event, and we were both very, very tired. So there were many moments where we both just said, okay, let's take a moment, pause, collect our thoughts. Uh, do you want a Red Bull to try to get through the round maybe or something along those lines? Uh, and we played to, uh, I think it was actually a points draw even, but uh, it was definitely a WTC draw. And yeah, Florian was absolutely wonderful to play. Uh, well, I was very happy. Florian's lovely. Oh, he's like, we, we've talked in the past, but we had never had the opportunity to play. Our teams played last year, Our teams played again this year. Uh, but yeah, it was, I finished with three wins, two losses and a draw. So the perfect three to one record. Uh, the most notable part of this is I finished in the exact same position as I did last year. I finished 74th, except last year it was 74th out of like 150 people. This time I was 74th out of like 280 people. So I went up a win. I went up 18 differential points over six games compared to last year. Uh, but I finished in the exact same spot. So I'm kind of hoping next year I can break that and finish above that point.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah mean, that was that was my voice. Really I had really fun.
2: Um, I had considered dropping after day one because I was one and two and not particularly enjoying myself. Like my last two games had been fun. My um, round three, I played into the French uh, Casos player, Benjamin. Uh, he was an absolute charm to play. He kicked my ass in on uh ritual with Scrambler Fields because I couldn't. Take an objective in no man's land to save my life uh but yeah i decided to play it out um most notably because riley was watching all of my games uh and also patrick woods the norwegian captain was watching all of my games too and it was only on round five that he realized that i wasn't our, our team's gsc player <laughs> <laughs> Which I was, he was like, Oh, so me watching really isn't helping. I was like, No, I don't play this how Riley plays this at all because I have no idea what I'm doing. I had three games <laughs> with GSC before I came to this event. It was, uh, it was disinformation wonderful. campaign, baby. Oh, 100%. There were definitely times after the game, after each game, when Riley would be like, So, why'd you do that? Or why'd you do your allocation like that? I was like, Seemed interesting. <laughs> it seemed like seemed it'd be like fun. The, it seemed like the right idea. I at don't the really time, know bud. what I'm doing here. I'm just kind of throwing dice and hoping that I kill models. Um, but yeah, that was me. Uh, Ennis, how was your War Masters?
0: So, my Mor- War Masters was um, significantly better than uh, I expected it to be. I-, I was basically going in with the expectation that I'm playing Deathwing. I'm this is my team's list. It's intended to you know, duck and weave, dodge the Eldar matchup during pairings process, and then <laughs> beat most of the rest. And uh, instead, I decided to just carry that energy straight forward. <laughs> and it was like I had the hand of the WTC gods pairing for me. Uh, so I managed to dog, <laughs> dodge Eldar for six rounds. It was great. Uh So I managed to play. Um So unfortunately, we had arranged a pickup with Brian for the tournament. And The tournament was be at the venue for half A, pairings are a half A, um round starts at nine now i'm looking at things like it's it a are at nine we'll be we for a few minutes late um but i would still like to be there early i hate being late i despise it in all things um i would rather be like four four hours early than three minutes late um but brian does not share this energy now i love you brian but um you you were not prepared for for that early brian had lost the car ticket it took us ages to get to the car park it was awful um so i ended up pairing uh late Uh, into my teammate Ricky who was also in that car with me because there was no one else to play Uh, so I'm very thankful that we got to continue playing the War Masters I'm very thankful to Brian for taking us there in the first place because that walk was not pleasant but it would have been nice to play somebody besides my teammate but I played Ricky and his gene set cults Ricky was exceedingly hungover from the night before and I won that game 19-1 then I played into something else like, oh my god this you is do bad. I, you want me to pull up your pairings for you i've played too many games of warhammer this week jeremy <laughs> i've played 14 games of 40k it was too many yeah especially since you only planned on playing 13 i played against the norwegian demons list uh who had a really bad time in deploy service calls of going first realizing <laughs> that he couldn't interact with desolation <laughs> marines that were stood in the open and i went okay <laughs> so i'll advance and shoot them ran them directly at his bloodthirster blew it up put the rest of army in front of them he dropped in behind that ran into his bellicor aura again blew up Shalaxi. <laughs> just like i'm coming to you bro i don't know what you're doing i need to get you off these objectives uh, while the death knights just crushed the other flank so i managed to hold my own going second in service calls there which was nice that was a 15-5 then i played dimitri Henry on stream for wargames live um where he played knights and we both collectively looked at the wargames live software and went I'm not dealing with captive cards and other things. We played fixed secondaries and that ended up working very well for me, but not <laughs> for my opponent who scored a grand total of six on secondaries. Oh, um, that was a, it was a really good game though. Um, just running at nights with hammers being like, stay still so I can smack you. Uh, I then played Jules champion from the French team and his chaos space Marines, where I managed to perform the ultimate psych out of, um, informing him that he did not know what it was in his WTZ list and he had submitted it wrong. Um, he had intended to have two undivided two um, undivided Forge Fiends and one Nurgle one, and instead had submitted three undivided ones, which meant he didn't have one he could start on the board, which he found out in Game 4 of Warmasters. Oh, no. So uh, that was a, an interesting game where I think I believe I won the Psychological Edge immediately. Uh, so I won that 155. I then played Lucas Woback, who is one of the... Um, team austria players i won this game 11-9 um very very tight game i actually had to win this one twice because i didn't play my turn five because i looked we looked at it and we're like we got the score it was like i was winning by either six or nine points depending on my whether i did a card or not so i just stopped Uh, i was like cool we'll just not play it and then i came back 10 minutes later and one of the austrians grabbed me and was like hey you need to come back and like missed a secondary here and i'm like okay cool i'm gonna play my turn five then so i then played my turn five and won the game again It's like, okay, cool. But I did. You're right. I did have to actually play my turn five. But it was funny to win a game twice. I will say. Uh, then I played Alexander Sacco of the Belgian team and his Chaos Space Marines. This was on the French War Game stream, and uh, this was a super cool game. I was not expecting his let's to play the way it did. He played it very, very well. Uh, and we, uh, he actually asked me to concede on turn four. And I looked at him and I was like, ran the math. I'm like, if I draw a five point secondary card, don't we exactly draw? And it was like deer in headlights. He was like, oh, no. And then flipped the five-point secondary card, scored the homers in his deployment zone, 10-10, uh, which then propelled both of us directly into the shadow round where I proceeded to get smashed in 40 minutes. Because <laughs> Duck and weave works until it doesn't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> duck and weave works until, what, five of the seven top or Eldari?
0: If I had gone first, there was play there because... Um, basically the premise of my list is Death knights that advance in charge when you lose to a knight spinner that doesn't work but you start the Death knights off the board they have to start all their reserves off the board because i have desolation marines which means that if i go first i get to try and hit a nine inch rollable charge onto something that matters with the Death Knights, and i can stage it so that only one of them can phantasm away i get a turn of desolation damage like there's a game there said i went second and then, the, then all his screens came down before i could do that and I dropped Death the next in the ejection when I got 19 one But there's a game there if you go first, The Dark Angels definitely could have played that. Um, I definitely didn't say that to Quinton. I definitely said, well, I think me going second gives me a chance here. I was like, ah, I've just lost this game. Cool. <laughs> but it's much funnier to do it the other way around because you can maybe try and psych them out into playing it wrong. But Quinton's far too good for that. So uh, Quinton ended up finishing third. Um, and then we had Fred Otto finished second with Eldar and Thomas Wolbach finished first. Also, with Eldar, uh, my round six of one of Alexander Sago finished fourth. So, congratulations to all them. I did, in fact, finish fifth in the Warmasters, which is the best I've done. I think I've done like 20th and then 17th and now fifth, I think, are my Warmasters over the, over the last three years of doing it. Can't complain. It's even across three editions now. One per edition? Yep, so far. We only had one in ninth edition, right? So. So see you in 11th? Yeah, exactly. I'm not allowed to play the 10. I'm not like playing more 10th edition ones. I want to keep going up. I've got to keep i got to keep playing in a new edition. Fair, fair. So I, I
1: guess like yourself, we can talk, Nathan. We want to talk about my Warmasters experience. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> so my first I played Death Watch. Uh David Gaylord of Team New Zealand let me his army. Um so I played his list, which was 35 Death Watch veterans, uh, Proteus kill team with missile launchers, a uh, couple Infiltrator squads an Inceptor squad with plasma bla- plasma guns, uh, Desolation squad, and some other nonsense, basically. Just a pretty standard Death Watch list, except for the missile launchers, which are, which are slightly like off meta as choices go. Um, it was. I played like a few practice games with it. Uh, David sat down with me one day on TTS and kind of gave me a basic run through on how to play it. My first-round opponent was a World Eaters player who was at their very first competitive 40k event um, with a non-competitive World Eaters list, and I put them in the ground (laughs) 20-0. Like, just all the way in the ground. Monster. Um, They had a great time. I introduced them to Anthony. I was like, this is the person that you should talk to instead of me about getting to play better. Ah. (laughs) Especially if you want to play world leaders or aggressive armies, it's not me. Don't talk to me about this, please. Um, and then I I was pretty convinced and was that I was going to get paired into a good player next. Um, and so I got paired into, well, I said, I'm going to get paired into a WTC team captain next. And lo and behold, my second round opponent was a WCT, WTC team's captain, I believe. That was the second round or was it the third round? who was it I'm we can just, tell I'm, you.
2: I'm, I'm just gonna pull it's
1: patrick here. woods yes i
2: played patrick the norwegian team Wolverine. captain yeah okay, the one yeah. who followed me around day two
1: yeah so that i think i I got paired into him in the second round and i lost a, a squeaker on servo skulls because i'd never played servo skulls before and if i'd played servo skulls before i probably would have done a better job but while playing patrick i killed like six thousand points worth of gene stealer colt um and was winning until turn 5 when i fan- finally when i ran out of resources to keep him from putting servo skulls into my deployment zone and he beat me 11-9 um, because i made a couple errors in teleportation but i also got to meet the nicest group of people on the entire planet because i played him um team norway gave me a yoga mat they uh, offered to have their physio give me like a foot massage when when they got there to help me out with my feet and stuff like that i never took Did them up on that missed? particular part you but they were the nicest people. I have a jersey from them. Um, they were also very tall people, so the jersey like, makes me look like a child. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I got to meet them. I got to see them every morning for breakfast. Uh, Patrick Woods was a gentleman and a scholar to play against, and I lost 11-9 to 9 in round two. Um, and then in round three, I played against the Team Iceland Death Watch player, which as somebody who has never... Has not played Monthage Death Watch in the first place. Was kind of like, oh, cool. I'm going to play a teams player and they're going to put me on the ground. Um, Instead, I put them in the ground, which was kind of novel. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put my Desolation Marines on the table at the back. And if I go first, I'm going to pop Kraken. I'm going to pick up their Desolation Marines. Um, And they deployed theirs just 36 inches away from mine. I popped Kraken rounds. Oath to that oath, to the desolation marine squad, and picked him up right away. Oh. And then the game was basically me chasing them around the table for the rest of it. And I won, I think I got a high, like a high win out of that one. It was fine. Yeah, so going watch
0: uh,
1: 3. A lot of death, <laughs> what <laughs> first helps a lot of 17 3? There it was. Yeah. Going first and being like, fuck it. If I go first, I'm going to do real great sounded like a good
0: choice to me. Um, it's very hard to outrange other person's desos when they can move <laughs> and shoot uh, with yes. plastic range. Uh, there's also the option, though, if that doesn't work as well, you can go dragon fire and just try and hit the advance. It's true. But, I just, I went for what I thought I could.
1: Um, Being able to, like, turn off cover, getting plunging fire because of those ruins also is hilariously good with Desolation Marines. Hey, look, AP2 desos. Wee. Yeah. AP3 cover venger launchers. This yep. is just a night spinner. Ah, yeah, I totally forgot they were AP3 on the Vanguard launchers. Oopsie doodles. Um, eh, whatever. Wouldn't have made a difference. Oh, it made it would it would have made a difference into uh in my fourth game matchup, but uh in the fourth round, I played Florian. Uh and a Thousand Sons.
0: Yeah. No, did we, you guys share Florian? We did. we did.
1: I play I play I played Florian um and In, I was starting to run out of brain cells because I had like 10 hours of travel delays and had not slept basically at all. Um, so I made a couple early mistakes into Thousand Suns. Um, I did, I was actually doing pretty well going first in the trading game. I took half of Magnus's wounds off round, in one round of fire from Desolation Marines. If I'd remembered that the Vanguard launcher was AP3, I probably
0: would have taken off actually about four more wounds off of him. Um. Such Why life. would AP3 matter into Magnus, who's a 12 armor save with a four of armor save and ignore cover?
1: Oh, you're right. I guess it wouldn't have made a difference. Maybe it would have. I don't know. Yeah, doesn't matter. But that was fine. Took eight wounds off of him. Sent my Proteus kill team forward because I didn't. I thought I needed to go pretty aggressive. Tried to roll a high charge to get him into the, the changeling and the rubric unit behind him. Um. After the Changeling had turned off their shooting in the shooting phase before, I didn't get to pick up a bunch of stragglers that I meant to use their shooting to pick up. Um, I also was hopefully going to use some missile launchers to pick off a little bit more off of Magnus if I could. Um, they charged, the Changeling didn't roll particularly high, and then they failed their battle shock test against the Changeling, and then they sat there twiddling their fucking thumbs in the open in front of Magnus. Um, and actually, in spite of that... They still managed to live for, through far more firepower than I thought they were going to. Uh, but it was at that point that I'd seen one judge come by and stare at my models and then walk off into the distance. And then two judges stopped at the table while I was trying to come to put together some semblance of like a response plan after losing my Proteus kill team and a Death Watch veteran squad to Flamers after not being able to pick up essentially two Rubric squads and leaving the sorcerers essentially hanging around, which was a different problem that we won't talk about. Um, but they came over and they said, Nathan, um, is this your army? And I was like, yeah, it's like. These Death Watch veterans don't have backpacks. And I looked at him, and I was like. They are they supposed to have backpacks? Because at this point I was like barely scraping brain cells together and fuck if I know what a Death Watch veteran looks like, to be totally honest. Um, it's not like you have a Marine Army. So wonderful defense, Nathan. I'm very
0: proud it, of you for coming up with that.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I looked at them. I was like, it's not my army. I'm sorry. They're like, well, you're responsible for it. I'm like, I understand. Like, whatever. And they're like, so for this matchup, you're not going to get your battle ready points. I'm like, fair. And he's like, and if you want to play with them next round, um, you need to find backpacks for them. And I was like, well, I can't do that. And I'm pretty tired. And even though... Um, a couple people were like, well, Nathan, we can probably find you some models to, like, get you back up to your num- model total in order to continue playing. I was like, you know what? It's fine. Uh, like, we don't need to iron this out. We don't need to run a- send a bunch of people running around trying to find me backpacks for these models. I'll drop because I'm too tired to keep doing this, really. I was still having a great time. Um, I was given a jersey <laughs> by Florian." At the end of our game, and we hugged it out. And I think somebody snuck a picture of us hugging because it was adorable or something like that. I don't know. I'm sure um, it was. Pretty sure he only gave me a jersey though because he felt bad for me because he like turbo kicked me into the fucking sun with thousand suns. So a thousand suns, basically. I have to
2: ask, do you remember which ref it was that said you're just we're just gonna pull these models?
1: It was two of them. Um okay. Mohawk and Lim, I think actually. Oh Jay, okay. Well, oh, you you got yeah. the big dick
2: yeah yeah, yeah. i mean to be fair a decision like that is gonna go through them
1: yeah and like me and lim actually hadn't met at that point um (laughs) and i also hadn't met mohawk so like (laughs) we had not met each other really at this point um even though i was there in the morning for staff stuff and things like that and helped do some setup things and things and that sort of stuff um yeah thank you florian it was jay and lim uh they came over though they were very nice about it they were like thank you for being so understanding i was like you know what there's like This is the rule like I understand I'm not going to fight with you about needing to enforce it. And I'm not upset. I'm so tired. Um, And even though my opponents have been lovely all weekend, I'm just going to drop. I went to go find Dave. He was still playing his game. I found David afterwards. uh, And he was like, what do you mean they need to have backpacks? And so he got to go wander off to the I brought him over to the judges where they got to have a discussion about backpacks and battle readiness where the judges told David that unless he found backpacks, he couldn't use the models in the team's event.
0: That started which... the next day, by the way. We're in yes. Belgium. Dave lives in London. <laughs> I Look, believe at this then... point, according to 4K Side, which you should definitely go and listen to because they cover the story far better. Uh, Dave starts with oh. Eurostar tickets home. Uh, yes, he does. So I missed that part of it because um, I like. I was like, you
1: are here with the judges. Maybe they can help you. We've got this process started early. And what ends up happening is the Germans save another WTC team, essentially. uh, This time by bringing backpacks to David uh, so that he can put them on his model so that they're battle ready for the team's event. And I come by to see David one day during it. And he's like, oh, Nathan, now you can see my new battle-ready Death Watch veterans with backpacks. Um, And the next time I see David, I'm bringing him probably a chicago branded backpack so that he can have it um is what i've decided <laughs> i'm just gonna give him a yeah, backpack what's logo stating like death watch logo insignia, insignia on it i think i will i'm gonna or, i will do this just to do it because it'll be fun the one thing that i learned uh across wtc is that everybody's amazing and like understanding and awesome and i had a great time meeting people it was fucking adorable I have never been hugged so many fucking times in my entire life. David literally said he didn't think they needed to have them. Um, <laughs>
2: he, this was David's like, first WTC, right?
1: Yeah, it was David's first. David just apparently Seven never went to the modeling channel. He yeah, never played Space Marines, I think. Like this, like Death Watch before, I guess. I don't know. I didn't ask David too many more questions because I was just like, you figure this out. Yeah, that's right. I'm dropping... And then I basically spent the rest of the days like bothering fucking people because that was way more fun and way more amusing to me. Um, so that yeah, was you, my you were rest. you
2: were very much around my game with Florian when we were I, I was. just standing there trying to figure out how either of us could win the game. We were And it was just a cacophony of errors in our game. And so I went two and two. I did come
1: over like several times and was very confused about what the fuck was going on, by the way, at your table. I like looked at it and I was like, what (laughs) the fuck are you two doing? Like, I have two brain cells and I still think this is fucked up, guys. I mean,
2: at one point in that game, uh, I failed to kill Magnus. They left him on four wounds. (laughs) uh, And so I needed to take an objective that he was on. So I made two nine inch charges with two 20 men neophyte units and wrapped him. And I was like, "This is my objective now for the rest of the game. You are not taking this back." Uh, and then the next turn, Magnus failed his battle shock test and could what? not leave. So he was just like, "So I'm just here now." Good. He deserves it <laughs> after my Proteus kill team
1: failed their fucking battle shock test by one. No. Uh, uh, um. Everybody I played was awesome. Uh, Rory is correct. I took a bullet in the backpack for David there apparently. Um. David is nothing but a gentleman, so I didn't really mind. And all I wanted was for David to be able to play his, his list in teams, so I told him as soon as possible. Yeah. It was a little funny messaging him, though, to get his attention via Discord and be like, Hey, can you come? Because I need to talk to you about your models real quick. Um, of course, no one's looking at their phone during Warmasters. No. So I, we, I grabbed him and we went and we talked and we got resolved. I dropped then. I watched the rest of it, basically. I got to watch most of that Eldar game which was very a very confusing Eldar game for the finals um where I came by at one point while I was setting up the desk for the de, for our news our news desk essentially and it looked like they were playing but they were in fact still deploying um and that was like I, it got totally a got a solid like deploy it was like 45 minutes yeah it was I'm gonna not lie I think Joe from War Games Live was going to lose his mind because they were still deploying like 45 minutes in. I can't wait to watch that game back. <laughs> i, watch back. Yeah, I don't have very much to I'll say
2: care. this is why there are clocks for this game. Yes, um, and
1: I believe somebody did run out of time during that game, which is not something we're going to probably talk about, but no. I had an amazing time and I will play in Masters next year. I will probably play with an army that is maybe a little simpler to play than Death Watch is. Maybe knights or something. I don't know. Something with big robot goes burr is probably a better choice. Just in case, your death knights are pretty easy. Yeah, just give well, them
2: Crusher stampede. Oh oh oh! We can, we can throw don't get don't
1: get me that excited, buddy. I'm sure
2: it's coming back. Ah,
1: I I will play big monsters and just go ma the whole time <laughs> and like yell at people. Um, that's all.
2: <laughs> also, Florian, I wouldn't be surprised if this is actually the case. That uh, so. He posted my conclusion from this is that you can just field half-assembled models in UKTC.
0: Honestly, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, for,
2: all... So for anyone who is not familiar and who hasn't been following along for the last, like, six months as we've all been getting ready for WTC, they are very strict on models being fully assembled. We had an entire captain's vote last year on whether or not you needed to have the crew hanging off the side of a Venom or a, <laughs> a Starweaver. Um, but like yeah marines should have their backpacks um mm-hmm. generally guns are supposed to be what they actually are like WYSIWYG is fairly strictly enforced even when it's fake um but yeah it it it, it definitely came as a bit of amusement to me that David had not
0: fully assembled his army and it was just like what's going on just remember guys Jake can tell the difference between eight pound and exalted eight pound and he's oh. gonna make that Whoa. your fault
2: yeah he can
0: um, I mean, also, it's in the war
2: gear.
1: I'm really enjoying all these people telling me that the news desk was great. <laughs> so I was on the news there. desk a couple
2: times. The news desk was
1: amazing.
2: I need to go back and watch the segments that like please, happened between the other rounds because I want to see what you guys.
1: Did. Please don't give me more compliments. I can't. Take I will. You, go you were away.
2: wonderful. No. Yes, ah, Nathan, you were typist, amazing.
1: Typhus did this to me, and we'll talk about it later. <laughs> why don't we talk about the team's event um and I guess I can start and I can talk about kind of the general
0: function of how the team's desk how the news desk works why don't you as the person who had never been before explain to the people what the WTC is and why it's cool to watch fuck what is the WTC the WTC is essentially the
1: Olympics of 40k um if the only thing that it is fucking missing is everybody coming in on a March of Nations thing, like with Scotland playing fucking bad pipes while walking in under their flag. We'll do that. Stuff. Please do. I actually think that would be amazing if all the teams came in to like their own little national anthem thing. But basically, WTC is every country picking up their best players through whatever manner their country chooses to come play an eight man teams event plus whatever assorted staff, plus whatever assorted non-playing coaches and stuff, private chefs in the case of some teams, physios in the case of others, somebody brought a chiropractor if I remembered correctly, Um, some teams just bring themselves, and then you essentially start the event with a pool similar to like the World Cup where at, at four teams are put into each pool. Each pool is seeded with a seed one, two, three, and four team. Seeds are essentially based on prior performance. And in order to keep the seeds balanced and so that you don't have two, like England in the United States or England and Poland playing each other in pool play, where they might potentially like knock each other into different performance brackets before even entering into the seeded rounds. You then have similar to the world cup each team plays the other teams that are in their pod and then they move from the pod phase after round three into seeded play where all the teams are seeded and then play the closest seed to them essentially so on round four during the first round of seed play the united states played germany based on who the scoring from their pod because the United States has scored the most points and Germany had play had scored the second most points. And then it just kind of goes from there where you play the other top seeded teams with no teams playing each other twice. Um, so if you follow the coverage on contact loss and on the WTC YouTube page, what you can do is you can watch our coverage where we start during pod play. Where we have Typhus and Nathan Roberts, Typhus also. <laughs> Um. Typhus and Nathan provide a bunch of insight and an analysis of different decisions because both of them have both played for WTC teams, coached WTC teams, and helped teams, uh, specifically England and Poland with their prep for this year's event. Um, So they provide a bunch of insight into how pairings work, how you should do pairings, how factions are changed, how scoring works, um, and a bunch of other factors that you consider while doing WTC stuff because there are like multitude of layers past singles that you're considering in order to do teams you have to consider pairings where you where you pick what you essentially will have a player from your team play and on what tables they play based on different things i'm not going to do a whole tutorial right now but i will say that as a first time wtc goer who knows basically the bare minimum of all this shit, it was quite interesting <laughs> um I met Josh Diffy there uh, from BCP, and I talked to him about what I was trying to do. And he said, oh, well, at the end of each day, I'm just going to give you all the stats for that day. I was like, awesome. So about 10 minutes before the start of the day, I realized I probably should have prepared myself a little bit better with a templated stats thing. Instead, I did everything by hand. Um, you'd think, Nathan, definitely you could prepare that for the next day. But no, <laughs> I got about three hours of sleep at night. Um, and was constantly busy doing stuff. So instead of prepping stuff for the next day, I winged it the whole week. Um,
0: so but sometimes... He, he's I'll... really got the WG spirit, guys. Yes, like, I could prep, or I could stay up another hour drinking. It's not yes. a question.
1: So <laughs> really, the other part of the WTC is drink. Now I'm... The other part of the WTC is like this whole social side of the WTC, where... After the event, during the event, between rounds, everybody kind of gets together and talks about stuff. Uh, There's a moment, I think on the last day, where there's like nine of the top 10 ITC-ranked players from like last year all sitting around chatting over beers effectively, which was kind of funny. Um, There were definitely moments where you just saw the concentration of uh, such such a large amount of the competitive scene that it was kind of like awe-inspiring for somebody who was first time at WTC. Also, everybody loves each other, basically, at the WTC for the most part. Like, the level of sportsmanship at the WTC is fucking amazing.
0: I always describe it as the most homorotic event. I was just kind of calendar. gushing back and forth about it.
1: It is also that. Um, I've never been goosed and kissed by so many <laughs> men in my entire life. Uh, Nassim is one of the people who will greet me by hugging me from behind um, and, like, whispering in my ear, hello, Nathan. Um, He's the only person who does this, (laughs) and that is why he's the only person who does it, and I allow it.
2: (laughs) The first time he walked up behind me, I almost threw him because I was so surprised because no one else has that, like, grabby of hands aside from maybe Jeff Brown.
1: Also, in front of his wife, uh, Tim Penny brought his wife he just ran up and goosed me before the awards ceremony, like just grabbed my ass and like ran away giggling like a small <laughs> child. It was fucking hilarious. And I asked his wife if, if uh, she'd ever seen Tim quite like. I don't man, I can't remember the word anymore. Uh, quite so handsy basically before with other people. And she was like, no, I've never seen him this way ever in my entire life. <laughs> so it was pretty funny. Um, Chris, please do not do that. Uh, the only reason Nassim gets away with it is because he's the only fucking person who does it. I can't handle that much physical affection. It is but going. The to second drive that me you say nuts. it, now
0: you've put that energy in the world.
1: Now, yes. there's a couple um, more
0: things that are probably worth very quickly covering for WC before we dive into coverage of it. Teams <laughs> are limited to one of each faction, so that forces diversity. You're only going to see one Eldar, list per a players. Every team had Eldar. So on and so forth. Also, t- games are scored on differential, which is basically how big you win is how much you contribute to your team mm-hmm. score. Teams are trying to get past 86 battle points, which basically contributes to um, you're p- playing every game out of 20, winning a game by six points gives you an 11 9, 11, seven, then 11 points gives you 12 8, and so on and so forth, up to a cap of 51. You combine all of your team's individual game scores. Doesn't actually matter what the result was. You could theoretically lose seven games, win one game 20 0, lose all the rest 9 11, and still win the round. Um, so it's all purely based on points scored. Those are probably the two most important things to know going into this is that everybody is playing for every point they can get because every point contributes to how well your team is doing, win or lose, which is very different from a singles environment where you're just always playing to win because there is no alternate incentive. And that everybody is playing a different army on the team. So you're never gonna see two other players in the same round. Um, like you're never gonna and that's basically just a there's a little bit more in that with pairings where teams can you can try to do things like protect certain lists. So, for example, I played a, a Dark Angels list this event that was very strong into the field in general, but had functionally no answer to Eldar. But that's okay because I'm playing teams and I'm doing the pairing. So I just say, hey, Ennis, I don't want Eldar. And then Innis goes, that's fine. You're me. Let's just avoid the Eldar. And it's great. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, as a whole, those are probably the most important things for the WC uh obviously there's a lot more to it than that the event is massively complicated and you should definitely go and check out the coverage on contact lost french war games um w- the wc itself on youtube uh war games live and target priority i believe was the german stream uh who all covered the event in great detail Um, there's loads of it out there um every team's facebook social media page will have dozens of posts about it and so on and so forth. I know um teams like the Australians went through and did um like live rounds and things like that. So there's loads of coverage out there from it. And as we get out of the woodwork, um the event finished the event finished two days ago. Uh, there's going to be so much coverage of this event across the world um that you will not believe 4K Fireside's already published theirs. I'm sure we'll see some stuff coming out of the Our War Boys like Jack and John. Um all, all the various like other language media project projects will do the same. So do keep an eye out for that. If there's a country you're interested in, there will be something coming out of it.
1: Also, really, the best summary of the WTC is that it is, in fact, not a gaming event at all, but in fact, a place where you trade jerseys with other people.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's <laughs> it's like Pokemon <laughs> cards
1: for Warhammer. I'm gonna find the correct end of this jersey eventually. So here's the Scotland jersey that I got from Chris Irvine. I'm wearing. And it's the definitely jersey. embodied
2: the the Pokemon theme when uh, when he just tossed a Pokeball at. Uh, ben Jurek and captured him for his team yep (laughs) that is something that deserves being touched on
1: so like i want to talk about
0: Ben. yeah
1: um so this i'll talk about the news desks kind of format real quick you can find it if you want to watch it on contact lost and on the wtc youtube page essentially what we're going to do is pre-round and post-round every day um we were going to go through some stats and then we were going to have coach and player interviews, uh, which Jeremy got dragged over for, and Ennis also got dragged over for at one point. And Ennis gave, like, one of the most analytical review like interviews that we had of the, over the course of the whole weekend where he talked through one of his pairings, I believe. Um, Yeah, so that was the general format. We just kind of brought over people to interview them. Nathan Robertson, Typhus, and us went through all the pairings for the, like, top highlight kind of things or whatever interested team matchups we were thinking about. So we went through all the pairings and then we would uh, at the last round, essentially for the seeded round, we essentially did like field reporting from Nathan and Typhus, where we aggressively did like minute by minute uh, updates to points and stuff like that, which probably was very dramatic sounding, but also was very amusing to talk about because you also got to realize that coaches are terrible at projections. (laughs) Projections would go up, projections would go down, projections would go up, projections would go down every like two to three minutes, basically. As it should be. Um, And then we'd have a result and that was kind of it. But it was a lot of fun. We brought on a ton of people. um, Had a ton of great interviews. You can watch me say at least one country wrong to the player from it, uh, which is always amusing, Um, especially watching me then proceed to apologize profusely. Because I still had only two to three brain cells left to rub together for the whole coverage of the whole event. So, yeah. I'm honestly impressed you had that many, man. You did so much work that week. I recorded way too much content. I, re- I did every single interview except for like two. It was probably more than I should have done. But I but did, did all of did you have ways. a good time? <laughs> I did. It was amazing. I think coaches started to get really annoyed by me at a certain point. Because I'd be coming over and be like, hey, how you doing? Although it's easier with some teams because they had like three or four coaching staff. So like for Canada, I could bother like three different people in order to get information from it. So I could spread out my annoyance across three or four people with some teams. And some teams are much more serious and like hardwired focused on what they're doing. Um, Team USA had like a bunch of very, very friendly coaches. Um, And so I ended up talking to uh, Naj most of the week, basically because um, Stephen Corrales, like their head coach, essentially was running around and was hyper-focused on the job that he was doing, he which was wasn't. good. And Stephen Corrales was an incredibly nice person to talk to outside of like things, but he was running around with a clipboard and was like a man on a man at work. Yeah. that's. I don't know what else to talk about for this. It
0: was amazing. You should go to it. That's it. It was great fun. Good. Glad to hear it. All right, Jeremy. Do you want to kick us off? How was your pod phase? Let's do let's do pod phase, and then we'll finish it, and then the, the back four.
2: Sure. Uh, so our pod phase round one, we played into Croatia. Um, I believe it was Croatia's first year back at the WTC. He had, they had previously played in the ETC, but they weren't present last year. Uh, this year, I believe they were. They had two Polish mercs on their team, Juju uh, and Arek. Um it was a fun round. Um, we oopsied uh, Tim into Eldari, and that was, uh, sorry, our our Eldari into RX GSC, and lost that game. But aside from that, I think we scored like hundred and twelve points to their forty-eight. Um, many of our games like just swung to twenty-o's after like round two, and I just sat down and enjoyed a beer with the. Uh, I think it was there. So their guard player that Francois just um, So Yeah, so that was that and then round two we played into Norway who um, We played that on war games live stream uh, because Patrick Woods had made a bet with Joe from war games live that if they lost on stream uh, He would get the war games live tattoo uh, Which was a very very bold bet to make uh, but Norway was definitely in our minds the most uh, Well-prepared team in our pod. Uh, we paired fairly well. We had a couple upsets in our games. We ended up drawing the round 81 to 79 in our favor. Uh, so as the round ended, I joked to uh, to Joe that uh, he still had uh, that uh, Patrick still had to get the tattoo because we technically beat them. Uh, he's like, no, no, it's a draw. You, There's no tattoo. I was like, oh, okay, fair. Um,
1: Timeout. Yeah. One second. So Nathan and Typhus better shoey based on the Poland-English match, and if they drew, they said they would both do it together, like cross arms and do the show. Yeah, like, this and sounds they like some. This sounds like some half-assed betting to me. I know. I don't, think
0: Pat, I don't think Joel put anything up as stakes for that. Like, well, just... in this case, it was having us on stream. It's not stakes, bro. It's not stakes, guys. I mean, the Norwegians (laughs) were
2: (laughs) were probably one of our most fun matches along with the Dutch. Um, But yeah, so we drew that round. It was a bit of a heartbreaker for us because we had paired what felt like a very solid win. Uh, Even talking to a couple other people, it felt like we were going to handily win that round. And then two games went sideways, one of which was our CSM into their Chaos Knights, where we had paired at around a 15 and we ended up getting a five, which that stung. Uh, and then round three, we played into Ireland. We played them round five last year. The Irish are a super friendly bunch. Uh, everyone seemed to enjoy their games. Uh, we had a lot of fun watching Ridvin dismantle their captain Joseph, playing his Eldari with his Necrons, where he just he wound up with Lichguard on the uh, on Joseph's home objective turn four. <laughs> Uh, Because he just couldn't kill them, Uh, but yeah, that was a a, we won that round. I think it was ninety to seventy. Yeah, that was our pod phase. We came out of it with two wins and a draw. Our goal had been three wins, but you know, getting out of the pod phase undefeated was already a step up from where we were last year, where we had finished with two wins and a loss to Sweden. And yeah, that's us, Ennis. What about you guys in the pod phase?
0: Yeah, so we had a, a reasonably tough pod phase in that we had pulled a team that we prepped with and France uh, as a pull 2C coming into it. Obviously, you can't ever expect to have the, the bunny run um, that some teams get in the pod phase. Um, but preparing the team that we'd literally prepared with is a really tough goal. Uh, we ended up feeling a little bit better into that round than Iceland did, um, just a little bit better um, like across the board. And we ended up taking that round out fairly comfortably, like 102 to 58 or something like that. Um, not, as, not like the definitely not an absolute blowout like there was definitely a lot of um a lot of margin in there for that to have gone badly for us but just on the day it didn't quite uh it didn't quite pan out that way for them uh, I managed to pair into Yokots GSC uh and he was not expecting that to be a bad matchup for him I don't think um the Dark Angels just definitely have the right answers there for that and it was very very appreciated in that moment to get them to get the big win um then round two we paired into una which actually ended up being our closest round of the pod and one of our closest rounds i think we won that one like 88 to 72 uh a really really tight game where i think a couple of games that we'd expected to be really good for us just ended up slipping slightly out of hand uh which was just you know it absolutely can happen in that sort of environment um but it was yeah it's not what you're looking for when you come over and you're like a game that you're expecting to be a big win suddenly turns into a loss and you're like oh no this isn't great we're gonna we're gonna work with this um but we got a few nice things in there like a 20 nil from our Thousands of knights that just kept us above, above the line. I had a really good game into Malta from uh, the Hot States guys who was playing for that team uh, with the CSM. Where he just like uh, I believe that's actually my funniest moment from the event for me was I dropped a point of differential because he because I rolled too well on saves. Um, he shot at me um, with like a force fiend into my death knight's on an objective in cover with armoric attempt did no damage like i just like rolled eight dice rolled all three ups and he swapped to oh, i guess i'll just do actions with my able Like, oh you're meant to shoot me uh, so he ended up swinging up like seven seven battle points off of that and costing me a differential point on the round it was uh very disheartening <laughs> but uh no very well played by all of those guys it was a really really great round um and then we finished that off with france which we played on the french stream because all the french guys were on the french stream obviously uh, all the French games were on the French stream. Um, another really, really fun round. Uh, I ended up making a big mistake on stream against their um, their thousand sons player and costing cost, it felt like I cost myself the game. Definitely there was still a lot to play there, but I felt like it was in a very good position and I fumbled the bag. So definitely boxed me back into gear for the rest of the day or for the rest of that game. Like I feel like I played my turn 3 for 5 very well uh, and managed to recover a 5 from my game I should have got 20-0 done on stream. Uh, but across the board, the French just got the better of us. They were slightly better players in a lot of the matchups, not all of them, obviously my my guys are great, but the French were very well prepared. The French came, knowing our list, the French absolutely deserved that round win. And they got something like a 90 something to a 60 something into us. Uh, I apologize, I don't have the score memorized or in front of me, but it felt like we were a couple of games going slightly more our way, a couple of swing downs not happening um, from that being like a very good set of pairings, just turning into a loss that slips away from us. it's one of those ones where I looked at my score and I'm like, yeah, if I flip that into a 10, we may, if I flip that into like a 15 or a 20, we maybe scraped the draw. But that's, you know, there's always variance there. But it was never going to get us the win, so it doesn't hurt quite as bad. Um, there was definitely more work we needed to do there, more that we're looking for for next year and even that we did over the night into the next several rounds. So, yeah, we ended the pause phase on two wins and a loss. Uh, I believe we were the lowest placing team on two wins and a loss because obviously we had a really, really tough pod. Uh, relative to like our level Um obviously having a blue one seed in there means that you're probably likely to have a lower score and then iceland and u.n slovakia both ended up being very very strong i believe you and slovakia actually ended up finishing fairly well across the event as a whole so but yeah it was a really really interesting part phase for us so we we definitely went into it expecting to go um two and one and we were very happy to come out of it but france had definitely looked all so we're a little gutted to have missed the draw there
1: France had also pair had like a lot of close matchups
0: yeah France. it was the we saw them draw like and get like an 88 into they pulled an 88 into Iceland and we had just beaten Iceland so we were very confident going into it and it just didn't pan out for us on the day unfortunately
2: oh yeah, yeah the know. hero of
0: that round was Ben MacDuric who I'll explain the story of <laughs> in just a second 10 10ing Eldar on stream with guard Oh, my hero. Um, so the, 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 for us, the event started on a little bit of a sorrow note. Our guard player, Ryan Carr, unfortunately fell ill with chicken pox and, and uh, some form of kidney failure on the Tuesday before the event and was uh, in, as, was instructed not to travel. So we had to pull a last minute replacement. Uh, we ended up asking the Americans if we could borrow one of their 407 coaches. Um, and they very kindly lent us Ben, ben Durant for the weekend uh Ben is a wonderful player who's been doing very well in the United States and they basically were like we would like to get this guy a bit of development go and take him and run him through the ringer so he put one to guard with no practice he played one practice game on the Thursday uh, before the event started 20 other thousands of player and then rolled straight into the event uh, he was writing his data sheets on his hand as we went it was wonderful he was doing so much prep it was truly <laughs> magical he went and hired a kilt from a costume store and everything Truly, Ben was an absolute hero <laughs> for the weekend, and if I mention him throughout the event, throughout the rest of this report, um, yeah, please do know that Ben absolutely saved our backsides, and uh, is an honorary Scotsman for the rest of his life, as far well as I'm concerned. Uh, he actually told me he may be considering a tattoo. Uh, of he's getting tattoo, a lordship, is, is what I was told. <laughs> getting a lairdship. Thank you
1: very yeah, much. Yeah, lairdship. Sorry. He's getting a layered chip is what I was told. So he's going to be a true Scotsman soon enough.
0: <laughs> Sometimes you just get recruited. I've never seen Gaunt's Ghosts and Sentinels played so aggressively. He was, uh, <laughs> his round one, I believe he killed the last two Lich Guard in combat with Gaunt's Ghosts on turn one. Um, they just like failed the first battleship to Medusa and just got walloped. And then <laughs> just got charged and shanked by Gaunt's Ghosts. Uh, oh, they were scoring a decent number of cat-turning outposts, all that sort of thing. Which uh, round
2: was it that he had the carriage in someone's backfield sco- killing an Autark? Was that the stream game?
0: That was Zika, I believe, yeah. I think Skark did the same thing, but for Deployed Um It did feel a little bit more like like he was making a statement when Skark did it than anything
1: else, <laughs> but that's <let's>, okay. <laughs> that is Skark for talk, you. We won't talk about how Skark definitely did that just to T-pose on his opponent.
0: Echnomancer and a Lich Guard in combat. Yeah, with Ghost Ghosts. What a hero. (laughs) A little knife. So how did the rest of the event go for you, Jeremy? So the back four games? Uh,
2: The back four games for us were... um, We played... So we we came out of the pod phase, two wins and a draw. uh, And we paired right into... I believe it was Denmark that morning. On on Saturday morning. Um, We paired what felt like a reasonably strong win... Uh, and this is going to be a a trend for the rest of the event for Canada because there were two matches that went sideways and we ended up in a draw. I think it was 82-78 in their favor, but it was it was one of those moments where like as the round would go on and Nathan was talked referred to this earlier but as the round would go on I'd be like oh that slipped by a point that's slipping by a point. I'd be looking at a table state looking at a score and be like this was gonna be a 10, it's gonna be a five. Okay, I need to go find five points somewhere else to to bring this back into a win. Um, and every now and then I would I would get typhus looking at me and I just get annoyed and look at him back like, no, don't just not right now. I don't want an update. It's a draw, it's gonna be a draw again. I'm getting tired of this. Um, so yeah, so that 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 was Denmark. We had a lovely round against them, they were super friendly. Um, they had just come off of a heartbreaking loss into the Americans where on the last round of the pod phase, at one point, I saw an, a, one of the American coaches running around, feel it looking very, very flustered uh, because apparently three matchups had flipped on a, on their head twice, once against the Americans and then once in favor of the Americans. They went from like looking like they were going to draw Denmark to crushing them. Uh, so the Danes were definitely hungry for a win. Um, they couldn't get it against us, but we did manage a draw. Uh, and we'll then... say
1: that every time that we looked at your pairings, we thought... And there's uh, there's a theme for a couple teams that we saw kind of do this Um, is some teams just didn't close out on what we thought were advantaged pairings towards them in Mm. multiple Mm. rounds, which is what we saw with the Canadian team multiple times from the desk when Nathan and Typhus, me and Tomek or Joker kind of analyzed pairings for you guys. Trust me, I know. Putting it out in the universe for you to, you know, make your your sadness complete.
2: (laughs) Yep. So then we after that, we paired into the Netherlands. Yep um who we had lost to by a point in a heartbreaker last year um we had thought we had outpaired them last year uh and then one of our greens was a green for them which was not good uh and we lost by one point uh and then this time around we paired i think we actually paired reasonably well into a light win uh and we had one again one match went sideways and we ended up in a draw uh and it was i think an I like think it was an 8278 on our side or an 8179. It was it was it was like right down the middle. Uh, and again, it was you know one game that had gone slightly sideways, so we couldn't recoup it from the other A- matches in enough time.
0: 8278
2: to them. Okay. The yeah. Is that so, the one where
1: you had an 18-2 flip on one of your games?
2: Um uh, like projections. I'm just curious. I can't remember which one that was. You know what? I'd been I, I had not been looking at my projections because they kind of hurt me a little bit, but I will actually pull up the, the projections for this one because it was interesting. Uh, so if I head over to our Netherlands pairing matrix, we had paired as soon as my sheet finishes loading, uh, we had paired, we had actually paired a draw into them. Um, but one of the ones that did, uh, yeah, the ones that 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 kind of slipped on us, we actually had we had three of our matches just go slightly south from where we had paired them. And that was um, Francois into GSC. Um, Keir into their Death Watch, who was on our Orcs. Francois was our Death Watch player. Uh, and then Devon into their... Devon, who was playing our Thousand Sons, into their Custodes. All of them missed their prediction by uh, basically... I think it was four points. Um, some heroes within the team were... Uh, our GSC player Riley going into uh Dick Vanderkirst's uh Necrons and just molly at him. I think it was 15-5. Uh they gave us the Eldar mirror with us having table pick, uh, wh- where it was Tim uh Datelift's Eldari into Rude's Eldari. Rude's list was double Wraith Guard brick with a with a Wraith Knight. Tim just had the single Wraith Knight, and he actually recognized that uh <laughs> He could get eyes with the right table pick. He could get eyes on two of the three every single turn. And since you can only Phantasm one unit, it meant that something was going to die every turn. Uh, Whereas he only ever had to keep the Wraith Knight safe because he also had three D cannons that did a fair amount of damage. Uh, And so that ended up being... Tim went first, which helped him. um, But he was pretty confident even going second that he was going to get points. But him going first meant that it was a 20 for him. Um, And then our... T Suns paired into Florian's thousand Suns, but he hadn't really projected projected a very good score because he had been struggling into T Suns, and I think he got a three in that matchup. But yeah, like we ended up getting more points than we paired for, but not in the matches we were expecting. If that makes sense. Um, yeah, it makes sense. And I'll actually pull up round four because that one was also interesting, um, just so people can get an idea of what this looks like round four round four round four round four denmark yeah because denmark we actually paired uh what we thought was going to be like a, a mid 80s uh, and we ended up with a 77 to their 83 uh, and the big swings on that one were we had our csm into their csm in a draw where it was play this safely play it carefully just you know don't make any big risks uh, and our CSM player deployed on the line in table quarters deployment and went second Oof. and I came back to that table after about around one and all of the terminators were gone because he had lost them to a turn one charge
1: I think that was where the moment actually where I saw you the most stressed and so I talked to Dickie instead of you
2: yeah I was <laughs> I was very stressed because we had like several other games go exceptionally well that round um, like our Eldari 19-1, their Imperial Knights, our Necrons 14-6, their Eldari, our Gene Steeler cults beat their Custodes very handily, despite the the Custodes player really knowing the matchup. Uh, Riley was phenomenal all week long in terms of like just generally outplaying most of his opponents. Um, he was going
1: and rested. It
2: was the going and rested. <laughs> I'm sure it was going and rested. What's that like? Uh, Seriously. Uh, he was always high energy every morning. Like he's, he was very like anyone who met him. He was very like a measured individual, but he was always just raring to go. He um, definitely I, I would drop his... him into a matchup and I'd be like, I need a 20 here. And he would look at me <laughs> and go bet.
1: He definitely needs his uh, hoodie next year, though.
2: Yeah, we, we've agreed now with his performance that next year he's not going to have like a like a jersey. He's going to have a Team Canada hoodie because he was mm-hmm. so much more comfortable when he was in a hoodie than when he was in a, a jersey. Um, so yeah, that was a round four um, and then I'll quickly talk about around six and round seven. Uh, so at this point, we're on two wins and three draws. And I would lie if I say we as a team, we're not starting to get a little frustrated with not being able to close out a round. Um, so we met into Germany in round six. Uh, Germany, who had just come out of the seeding phase, losing both of their games, the first one to the Americans and then the second one to the Swedes. Um, so they were definitely hungry for a win uh, and their pairing showed that the way in which they were very careful about how they dropped their their cards, the way in which they were very careful about who ended up in those rough matchups because they were also playing with a sub because their Chaos Knights player had taken ill he had uh, if I remember correctly the translation he had had a gallbladder he had, had to have emergency gallbladder removal surgery um, and so Dominic their captain was playing their Chaos Knights and he didn't know the Army that well like he was still a very good player for his own rights but he didn't have a an amazing time um and so yeah so we we paired fairly well um but we definitely had our weaknesses were really starting to come through there um and we paired a loss and i communicated that to the people that i needed points out of very quickly i was like tim you need to push this ridvin you need to pull a miracle out of your butt uh and chris you just need to just crushed the Knights, the Chaos Knights. Uh, and those three did deliver. Um, Ridwin was on stream against their Death Watch player, uh, Manuel, and I, I watched their Death Watch player go increasingly frustrated after as Ridwin pulled more and more 4 up involvement and, and final pains out of his ass. Is that where he made uh, the like game... a 12 inch and an 11 inch charge or something like so that? So the game opened <laughs> with him CP re rolling an 11 inch charge with his Satan into a veteran squad. Sure. Awesome. Yeah, but rid- and I, I was just like the first question I had was, rid why did you CP reroll that? And I was like, I didn't need the CP that turn. Because the next I turn, the only thing I was going to need was one CP for reanimation, and then to do it for free with the Overlord. Because uh, if I remember correctly, their Death Watch list didn't have a Watchmaster, so there was no Vec to worry about. So rid was like, it's a high-risk play, but if it works, he now has to deal with a Catan in his deployment zone. And he, that was the story of the game from then on. it was making 10, 11, 12-inch charges with things that he just shouldn't have done. And so at one point, uh, we had Francois going into their El Bihari and it was not going well. So Francois decided to gambit. So I went and grabbed two dice from Skari. <laughs> <laughs> the Death Watch player knew what I was doing, handed the dice to, to, to Francois, and their coach said, No, he can't. he's not allowed to use those dice. This is just going to go badly. It turns out table, Francois got tabled turn five, so he couldn't gambit anyways. But uh, I did want to see what that would have rolled out to be. Uh, but yeah, that was our worst round. We lost to Germany. I think it was 94 to 66 or 93 to 67. It was it was pretty rough. Um, definitely the team was on a bit of a downer at that point because we were now two wins, three draws and a loss. Um, but at the same time, we were at three and a half wins. The team's best performance previously was four wins. So, as long as we drew or won our, our last round, the team would be pretty comfortable. And the fact that at, up to this point, we'd only lost to Germany did make us feel pretty good. Because at this point last year, after round six, we were on two losses one to the Netherlands and one to the Swedes. Uh, so, that takes us into round seven, where we paired into the Italians. Uh, For those familiar with WTC history, Canada paired into Italy last year, and there was a bit of a kerfuffle between a couple players. Neither of those players were in attendance this year uh, and the teams largely just got along quite well. Um, We had a good round. Uh, There was definitely a lot of. A lot of flips in this round. Um, We paired fairly low. Uh, at, which led to me basically going to three different players and saying, you need to push, you need to push, you need to push. Just take big risks and get us the points where you can. Um, the best one was Chris, uh, our captain, getting a the Imperial Knights uh, monkey off of his back, so to speak. He had been struggling into them earlier at Warmasters. And I just said, you play the him. We have table pick. You take table two uh, and he will not be able to shoot you. And that's exactly what happened. He he, we we grabbed him that table as our first defender and the Imperial Knight player spent probably a good 20 minutes after that round was over cursing out his teammates for letting them letting him play on that table because they had first table pick and they put their Chaos Knights on a much better table uh, and the Imperial Knight player basically never shot Chris and
0: you, Did know, you play a Super it was, L.
2: It was it was the Super L's God, goddamn Super L's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when the Knight player locked up, he was like, I can't win this. There's no way. So Chris got a 14 there. Uh our Tim uh Tim 20'd their custodies. Um Riley bounced a little bit into their Chaos Knights. Uh, but what was probably the most interesting one there was our Thousand Sons Devon into their Necrons. Because I was talking I was chatting along and, and kind of joking around with the uh the Italian coat head coach for a while. And uh at one point he came by and was like, yes, yeah, so you have a 20 in the uh the T Sons and Necron game. And or as he put it, he drew a little uh grave symbol with a dead stick figure next to it and said, This is our Necrons right now. Because he was not expecting any points out of the game. And by some miracle, their Necron player won that eleven nine. 9 So I had been <laughs> like tracking that game, and it's like it was going to be like a 17 or an 18 in my books by what happened. I still don't fully understand what happened in that game because I walked away for 15 minutes and came back to Devin going "I'm losing. I don't know how I'm going to keep this back. And so we went from being in a comfortable winning position to a draw again. Um, and yeah, it was just <sighs> finishing a draw. It felt, you know, it felt good because we only had the one loss, but it also hurt because it meant that we finished in 14th overall because we only had. Eight, uh, eight game points, and there um, was
0: like four hundred and seven teams on nine.
2: <laughs> yep. Um, so that 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 definitely stung uh, the results. I I will ad, I will admit I am not happy overall um, with how with where the team placed. I am very happy with the work that the majority of the team put in. Um, many players had demonstrated where that they had done a lot of work leading up to it. It showed in their matchups. Tim and Riley especially um i could walk up to them and say i need this and they would get me that within a point um riley's only miss was against the german necron player where he bounced horribly into a four-up invuln uh warrior brick which just refused to die on an objective uh yeah um yeah so we finished with two wins a loss and four draws 14th overall um not the best outcome for the for the team, but I think it was our second best performance after last year, so um, yeah, depending on how many teams will be, we'll probably be somewhere between a seed one and a seed two, most likely a seed two team next year. And yeah, so we effectively will disband the team next week and then get going to the next year. Ennis, how was the rest of your run?
0: Yeah, so round four we paired into Ireland who you guys had just played in the pod phase. Um, they were the top one, Olin, one, one, and one on one team. We were the bottom two and one team, so we paired into them. Uh, the round pair, fairly reasonably, you kind of, when you pair these things, you kind of have an expectation that you're going to be somewhere between usually like 65 and 105 points on your prediction with like normalizing around like that 85 mark, which is what you're aiming for on your parents so you're obviously trying to pair well. Then the other teams will have something that tells you something completely really different. And then the truth is always somewhere in the middle. So we paired this team, this round for somewhere predicting... Uh roughly around again centralized around that, like 90 points, like I eight, think like 87 was our prediction here. Uh, we ended up having one game go very badly against us, which was the Chaos Knights game. Uh, our time we played our town to Chaos Knights, we ended up getting two from that. We were predicting a draw-ish game. Um, uh, and then we had a few games that swung up. The problem we had with this round was the first four results that came in were a 20, a 20 for both for us, a 20 for them, and then a 19 for us. So we had 59 points banked in the first four games out of the 75 you need to draw the round and the 86 you need to win the round and then we waited two and a half hours for the next result to come in which is torturous because every single game that's left is like a g we had like a gsc mirror where our guy's going second and gets pinned in we have um necrons into demons which is just grinding 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 we have custodians into necrons which is doing exactly the same thing and then we have this tower into chaos Knight game where we're getting told we're getting zero for the entire time we're like if, this, if these games that are like grindy all end up on sevens then we're gonna lose we're gonna draw the round and like slowly they come in and like i got the 10 i got the 12 i got the i got the two and i was twenty zero, zero and we slid over the line with a 93 but it's one of those torture ones where like you're just like everybody you just have to hold your points like everything you can get me every two points you can get me above your prediction like gives me two points of bandwidth somewhere else and thankfully everybody was able to hold and we had we ended up having eight points to play with or seven points to play with which feels very different from how the round was looking um but parents went really well there we had three games swing up one game swing pretty badly down but overall like we got our garden to their custodies, which was a 20 we got um dark ages into imperial knights we got Eldar into anything so you know fairly comfortable there around five we got the pair down into australia um you know <laughs> as you do <laughs> <laughs> that definitely wasn't a moment where i was looking and i was like oh the pair down into australia hey yeah i know <laughs> getting getting that good old australian Ooh. reward uh so australia had just come off a rough loss into france and definitely came in swinging um prediction here was somewhere in the 75 range so you're you looking at the lower end of a draw um which definitely means you have a lot less to play with australia just had a very good matrix into us they had very good players um we had a couple of predictions go very badly against us here our Necrons predicted a big win into their Imperial Knights and just did not get it. The Imperial Knight player got told to push, went for a Hail Mary, and it worked. And that swung from a prediction of like a 13 to a 4, which was enough to cost us the round by itself. And then we had our custodians and the Necrons. Um, Chris, just, we just didn't understand what Liam's List was going to do to custodians. But these... One thing that I don't think it's spoken about enough is the, the difference between uh, the first game of the day and the second game of the day. The first game of the day, you get like a night to prep for. The second game of the day, you get like 30 minutes if you're eating food. So we did not have time to do what we were doing for every other round, which is looking at what they played against, looking at what tables they picked. We got, to, we got rolled up and we we're like, cool, we're playing Hackett's Necrons. Uh, I guess we pair it like it's Necrons and hope for the best. And that unfortunately didn't work, and this list was built to prey on Custodes, which we happily fed it. Uh, that was definitely the inflection point that cost around. They were better prepared than us. Uh, we had a much more standard team comp than they did, which, you know, favours the team that has the weirder team comp. Um, and they played better on the day. Other than that, we had one game that swung up pretty nicely, our guard into GSC. We actually ended up pulling nine points out of, which we weren't expecting. Apparently that's just an okay matchup now, but we definitely weren't expecting it when we gave it the pairing. And then everything else, it's kind of that standard thing where most people just hit the low end of their prediction because you're playing against a team that's as good or better than you and that's not enough to overcome so we ended up with 65 points here 10 points off that draw but if we have that um i think if we get that if we get that game with necrans into the ik that we were hoping if their push didn't work then that's potentially in spitting range of a round draw which honestly i'm happy with that into into australia we made them work hard enough that they had to put telling you to push and take a big risk it worked and they got they got the round payoff and that's what WZ is about Round six then, we paired into New Zealand. Um, this was actually a really weird round as well. Like, we ended up having a lot more points to play with on the board here. We finished this one with a 91 to 69. Um, but looking at our prediction here, we predicted somewhere in the like mid, the mid-80s. the mid And we had two games go hard against us. Um, it was just that every game that didn't go hard against us, we hit the top end of prediction. So we kind of had the other thing that we have with the Australia game, where our talent to death watch, we predicted five to seven points. Dave Gaylor went for the push. It worked. We got three um our custodians into the Tyranids, they went for the push he failed a couple of crucial bash on the shadow on the warp turn that game swung down to a 10 where it probably could have been a 12 11 or 12 if things go normally and then across the rest of the board um you know we predicted 15 to 20. We predicted to 15 to 20, we hit the 20 on like three or four, like two or three games. We got the we got the middle or top end of the major everywhere else, and being slightly better players and slightly better pairings and getting the right pushes from myself and Brian meant that we were able to overcome a small swing down and a reasonably large swing down, um, to keep the win on the round. But definitely New Zealand made a sweat. There was a world in which that could have gone wrong. Uh never quite badly enough that it ends up in that lost territory, which is always the the comforting moment, like you're always you want to swing down to take you into a draw, not to take you into a loss. Um, into when it takes you into a loss that you start being like, what are we doing wrong here? Um, obviously, going from draw to a loss is fine, but if you're expecting to win a round, you like to at least not lose it. Drawing it still takes you something, um, which was great. So New Zealand was a super great round. They ended up finishing 15th and best newcomer, which is awesome. I look forward to seeing them in C2 next year. They definitely deserved it based on this year's performance. Um, they were all a pleasure to play against, and I finally got to play Alex Tavis in a real tournament instead of us playing in a garage or on PTS, where I or he's playing like the perfect character to me. And I finally got to just shove Death Ignites through. Him. It was great. Um, in the last round, we ended up playing against Denmark, who Jeremy had just played a couple of rounds previous. And this round ended with us feeling like we paired fairly well. Like our prediction was an 88, which is a fairly comfortable, which is a comfortable win that you have points to play with. Um, we had a couple of games swing up. We ended up getting more points out of their elder than we expected with our Tau. Um, our we Brian ended up pushing very hard to get a 20 off their CSM. I hit the top end of Matrix against Thousand Suns, and we hit the top end of Matrix with the GSC into Necrons. Unfortunately, the rest of the games just kind of didn't go great for us. Their Death player to pull in the line against guard and went, I'm gonna just try and go first. And that swung from a predicted like 18 to 20 down to a 10 because the guy went first and had a good result from it. Um we ended up getting a three off of our Necron City Custodies, off of just misunderstanding the win condition. Just something a couple of things went wrong. And our knights into our, our um, thousands of the knights uh a castle and clipped the edge of Magnus's wing on turn one and put like nine damage on him that we just weren't that we just couldn't sustain. Uh Simon's counterattack back failed to pick up a single armager, and the game swung down to two points when we predicted 12 to 15. Um, so we had a couple of good push-ups. Um Hitting the top end of matrix in most of the other, most in all the games we won, we hit the top end of matrix or broke above matrix, but the losses were just too much, and we ended up losing this with the scrapiest of scrapes into a draw. Dragged ourselves over the line with seventy six, um, which was utterly terrifying. Um, I definitely feel like this was one we could have won. It's the one I'm the most like. I, I'm okay with losing to Australia and France. They were both better teams than us. They were both better prepared. But Denmark, I really felt like we could have taken. Um, I was very disappointed with the. Uh I don't know. I think the pairing process could have been a little cleaner here. There was a lot of we paired for a lot of comfortable fours that maybe weren't comfortable fours, just a little bit of lack of preparation. One of those, uh especially the round seven, we only got an hour over lunch to prepare, um, which definitely did not help. It was very much uh I'm still in the queue waiting for food when I should be doing matrix preparation at this point. Um, which I think is a definitely a bit of feedback I'll pass on for next year, is that if you're gonna have an hour and a half for lunch for every other round. Don't make it an hour for the last round. Yeah. Um, it definitely definitely hard. I would have I liked to be able to sit and actually run through a couple of simulations of the Matrix and parents and things like that because, yeah, obviously the Danes would have had the same there, but I definitely felt under going into this one and I would have liked a lot more time with it.
2: Our team felt the same way going into round seven against Italy, especially since round six into Germany had been such a nail-biter and such a tough round for everyone. We all, many of our games went to time or very close to time which meant that we were just finished you know we, we had just enough time to decompress and our guys were in line getting food when the pairings went up i knew we were going to play italy but still it was just always the you never know when something's going to get shuffled a little bit or a yeah, card you're comes in
0: tables you're playing on yes so you can't go to them and yeah there's exactly. a lot of so i definitely was, would, would offer that feedback for the round seven game is that we needed we needed the same same time for lunch because we got every other round i wouldn't have mind great. it coming in at half seven to get the extra half hour
2: Yep. Um, I think our team would have been fine with that to get the extra half hour to to prep between rounds. Um, Yeah, because we were going through and uh, updating because one of the biggest challenges this year um, was the mission to mission impact on pairings. Um, and we could probably do an entire episode on this, but as opposed to ninth edition, 10th edition missions can skew greatly from one round to another in terms of how they affect the more, like, minutiae pairings. Obviously Eldari is Eldari, but, like, when you're looking at pairing GSC, I did or think they did knights.
0: a decent job of having those missions be earlier in the rounds. So I think having the weirder missions in the pod stages helped for this. Yes, it but did help. The ritual was in, ritual and perks the four were both the pod stage. This was, I think we paid, like, priority targets and taken hold on day, on day four um which definitely helped with that like you could kind of take the mental. i think what we probably needed to do was just spend a bit more time on that um like the saturday evening prepping for all the teams we could play uh, Mm -hmm. and just like making sure we had a matrix filled out for the round that we could play them because we knew roughly who could be on the same points as us but that's like still 10 teams i'm not doing that much prep i'm not staying up till 3 a.m reading lists for teams that i haven't had a chance to play against agreed um but yeah, I definitely, that's that's the one bit of real feedback. Uh, the other one is, yeah, the food queue on the Sunday was kind of nuts because I think they sold out of a lot of the um, easy food stuff pretty early, like the sandwiches and the sausage rolls that they had, which meant that you kind of had to go and do the hot food queues, which were a lot longer and took ages. I definitely would have dashed in, grabbed sausage rolls, and gone and sat in the pairings for, nine, for 40 minutes instead of waiting in the food queue for a really very nice chicken satay. Um, it just wasn't quite what I was looking for at that point.
2: Yeah, and also could we have uh, for that and
0: had a coach go and order everybody's? Yeah, probably. But that's also putting a lot of burden on coaches who we kind of still wanted for the round that we were playing. So, one yeah.
2: well, also the the, the fry slash burger place truck that was outside didn't open until like right when lunch started so even if you had gone early like a couple of us did actually go a little early during germany we we're like nope we can't get food for the team all right guess we're going back to plan b which is everyone gets their stuff afterwards all right
0: and then there's always the the one other downside you're sitting in the food queue with your team the team you're playing might be two two like groups behind you here in your prep like there's not you can't like you don't know that when you're going into the queue right so definitely um yeah definitely a little awkward uh, i think that could have been handled a little bit better but overall really great event for us we finished with the most points we've ever had or tied for the most points we've ever had we scored nine points the year we came um year we came third but it was uh in a smaller tournament with only six rounds um so obviously you know getting the same points in one more round is a little easier uh so there's definitely still a lot of room to push for us but i was very happy with the team ben coming in last minute to step in and replace our guard player uh, obviously like heart like ben was much less prepared than our, 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 our player would have been. But he stepped the through admirably and did his job with absolute aplomb. And uh, if he's not on Team America next year, I promise that I'll fight Sean Naden. I, I won't promise <laughs> I'll win, but I'll, I'll give it a go. Uh, ben McTurick deserves to be there.
2: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, I want to shout out my coaching staff. Um, I had uh, Dickie Hughes from uh, Grim, Grim After Dark. I had John Winter Russell, a friend of ours locally, uh, Jeff Brown, and then on Uh All did a fantastic job of keeping me sane and keeping me informed of how games are going, so I could instead just process the matches in my head and figure out where we needed to push, where we were going to slip. Um, all of them did a wonderful job of keeping players informed and and <laughs> hydrated, so we weren't constantly running around with that. Uh, but yeah, that was. I think Ennis has kind of expressed the only kind of criticisms that i would have in terms of what could be done better the event overall was
0: yeah. fantastic I'll, um, I'll do the same i'll give a massive shout out to nick malone who was our primary coach this year who handled the game side of things for me it was wonderful to have a coach that i could just like focus in on my game a little bit more and have him handle most of the like do we need to push do we need to not push i definitely jumped in like once i finished my game because anybody who's seen me play knows that i was usually done around the two hour mark um, and it definitely helped a ton with being able to like make sure that the right things were going on um, I don't know. It feels like after five years, I kind of have a bit more of a sense of when the round is going well or not. Like the New Zealand round, he was like, "I think we're, I think we're drawing this round." I'm like, "We've got it. It's fine." Um, it definitely, it definitely happens a little bit like that. Like you kind of get a vibe for it, looking over the games, and you're like, "If we get a six there, a five there, a four there," and like, "You look at the scoreboards. You can kind of tell where it's going." But Nick's not quite there yet, give him some time. And we also had Tom Crayford who stepped in. Tom was over just to do the singles, uh, but ended up volunteering to hang out with us. Um, We ended up having a spare player pass because um, obviously Ryan wasn't able to make it. So we just gave that to him and he uh, was a massive help for us doing water runs at the start of around. round. Everybody having a glass of water at their table to make sure that they're not, everybody's just drinking beer all the time and stuff like that was great to have. So massive thank you to Tom and we'll definitely be having him back. So. Uh, and then, obviously, a massive shout-out to my entire team. Uh, you guys were all legends. Um, you guys took everything in your stride. And what helped me be less of a bundle of stress as the event go on, as you guys showed that you could really carry your own, uh, even at the best level playing these teams like France, and Australia. Um, so, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to being back with all of you guys who are going to come back next year. I'm sure Jeremy feels the same, but he'll get a plan. from will see that himself now.
2: Yeah. I feel no, like
1: um, some of the staff were like one of the things that I saw teams have that teams that were running smoothly had more support staff than teams that weren't running smoothly. And 100%. somebody just run and get water for people seemed like such a clutch thing for a lot of teams. When I was able to talk to coaches and support staff, like it seemed like a big like deal.
0: Somebody just shout a ref for you when you're at the one end of the room and the ref's from the middle for someone to just stand with you when like you're like the other team is, you know like there there's like a ref and a captain and you know somebody's at the table talking to the guy like just like you're on your own having questions yep. mm-hmm.
2: well. and then sure you could be like a French you have a
0: guy who's a personal chef making Nutella sandwiches for everybody <laughs> and honestly like envious as all hell I definitely was jealous that I couldn't
1: have a goddamn sandwich from that table because they looked delicious
0: should have
2: asked
1: I you probably could have gotten got one if I'd asked and, yes uh,
0: when we paired them I was presented with wine and sausage uh, which I did absolutely consume the wine of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will say the one last thing for WDC is that if every day was WDC, I'd be a hundred. I would be so much skinnier because I don't eat oh, I stress yeah. all day. And I walk 10 miles.
2: Yep.
1: <laughs> I definitely walked so fucking much doing that. I was walking around like just circles, repeat, well S's really walking like S's through the entire thing for the entire break time between rounds where I was talking to coaches, I would make one lap talk to one set of coaches, turn back, make the other lap and talk to the other set of coaches and then do that repeatedly.
2: Yeah. It was funny. I, I had, I had been so excited when they changed the, the pod configuration to actually be a three by three of tables rather than the, the straight row with a pairing table at the end, um, that I was going to walk less and my knees were going to be better. And it was gonna be so much better. Cause I also had four coaches. I ended up walking about I think it was only like 15 kilometers more this year than I did last year. And I was thinking, oh no, this is going to hurt. Because all you're
0: doing is you're looping the tables faster. Which is bro. exactly
2: what I was doing. I, instead of like bouncing from one end to the other constantly, I was just circling like a shark waiting for a, for a match to cope sideways.
0: We just kept walking out. It was the walk to the sofas and back for me, mate. It was all it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Chris, you are more than welcome for the nipple for the charge roll versus Denmark. Your opponent was not happy that I swung by for that one.
0: <laughs> All
2: right. This is the, I think that is gonna be a it lot of weird WTC
0: coverage. So I am gonna yeah. very quickly jump the plugs on us and then we're gonna move on to the show questions for probably 15 minutes or so. So we're gonna do speed run on the questions because I do at some point would like to get to bed. So the plugs. So hey everybody, if you've listened to literally 100 minutes of stat Check so far, you're probably enjoying the show. If you're in a position that you'd like to pay, help pay back in any way at all, there's a couple of things you can do. One is chuck a like, a comment, a subscription, or anything of that sort on the YouTube, Twitch, anything like that. Uh, it really helps us out with discoverability, with interaction, um, even just seeing what you guys are saying in the comments. Whether it's feedback, whether it's compliments, especially compliments, mostly compliments. Please make it compliments. I really need some right now. Um, then that would be great. We really, really do, really do appreciate all of you guys' support on that. Otherwise, if you if you can, please do check out patreon.com slash stat check. For $5 a month, you can get access to one of the best communities out there in 40K. We had hundred percent something like 60 people at the WTC. It was truly incredible meeting so many people from South Africa, from New Zealand, from America, and Canada, from the Drakes of England. Um it was it was truly a wonderful. Highlight... So many people. Sorry, please.
1: No, a highlight of my weekend or my week definitely was uh Liam VSL sneaking up behind me somehow. And telling me that he loved our show um, <laughs> and definitely me getting a little spooked by it because I wasn't expecting a six foot something odd individual being able to sneak up behind me like that.
2: The um, man looms over you.
1: He definitely like I didn't have had to look up like this. Um, and he kind of just appeared and was like, I love your show in a French accent. And I was like, oh, shit.
0: <laughs> so yeah, it was truly, truly an honor to meet so many people who had heard of the show, who had been part of the community for a long time that we'd never been able to put a face to a name. Uh, really, really did enjoy meeting all of you guys there. Otherwise, there are a few other things you can check out. X and One is the other show on this network, or is one of the other shows on this network. It's produced by Tim Penny and Cliff Thomas. They cover all things 40K being good while also having other life commitments. I'm sure that they will at some point cover doing team related things in your local community, It's a great show. It's every other week on Thursdays on the same YouTube channel as this. The other show you can check out is a little more sporadic. It's run by Piotr, also and much better known as Typhus of Team Poland, which is covering all things team related. I am sure most of the WTC post event analysis dissection that you're looking for will be on uh, will be on uh, End of the Matrix because it is Typhus's baby. Typhus loves. I've never seen a grown man cry so hard and known it meant so much to him than when Typhus' Typhus's team won at the WC this year because Typhus put so much work into um, growing the Polish community and the Polish team over the past few years. And I'm sure he will carry all of that energy forward into the post analysis of the event in showing just how spectacular the Polish victory was and how well all the other teams prepared this year because... The event is one of the most competitive that we've ever seen for WTC. Um, every team at the top was fighting, trading blows. No team went undefeated. There were so many teams on four wins in the draw, three wins and three draws, so on and so forth. The scrum from sixth through twelfth were all on the same battle points and it purely came into tiebreakers. End of the Matrix will have so many details on that. Please do check it out. We'll, I'm sure we'll cover more of it next week when we have more of the main show back. But mm-hmm. uh, End of the Matrix is going to be your one-stop shop for all of that couple more things please do check out red-dragon.ca that is our merch our merch partner or one of our merch partners uh they also offer um 40k produce 40k products and all that sort of thing if you are a member of the of the sachet patron community you will get access to a discount code for that i believe it's 15 percent, correct um, which you'll get access to via the patreon um please do check them out they're also the sponsor for our dice and um objective markers Otherwise, you can check out Saltar Games. They run our Etsy store, um, which cover which has all kinds of things like tokens and measuring sticks. Did you get all of yours, by the way, Jeremy?
2: Yes. Yes. Cool. AJ from Saltar was incredibly accommodating and super generous. Uh, I put in an order for basically one of the nine-inch deep circuit markers and a combat gauge for every single member of the team and the coach as a gift, uh, and then he slapped in a whole bunch of extras that I just. Was gifting no. to every single one of my opponents at the War Masters. In words, it's like, Do you have a comic cage? No, here you go. So stat check on it or Saltire on it.
0: <laughs> Perfect.
2: Uh, yes, definitely lastly, check them
0: out. Yeah, last, and that's just on Etsy. You just need to search Saltire games. it'll pop up, which is the stuff that's called the stat check things. It's not that complicated. Lastly, uh, if you're interested in coaching, please do check out stat-check.com coaching for myself and Typhus. Uh, if you are interested in getting better at 40k at any level, whether you're trying to make your national team already on your national team or just interested because you've heard so many great things about being good at Warhammer, uh, I promise you it is the gateway to the most awesome community in 40k. Uh, if you'd like any help with that, please do check it out. Myself and Typhus both offer that. Uh, we're more than happy to help you out with any questions you have. Otherwise, we're going to move on to show questions for 15-ish minutes so that I can go to bed. And we're going I to do, do that in just a second.
1: I do want to thank uh, zaviwa Daddy or zaviwa Tatush or Typhus, whatever you want to call him, um, for nearly making me cry at the end of the ceremony by crying and then giving me like 50 compliments um, while hugging me. And definitely me just sitting there like, I can't cry right now, Typhus. Don't do this to me. <laughs> Um, so thank you, typist, for that. That was amazing. Uh, but here are show questions for today. I'm gonna start with uh, Discord questions and I'll pop over to some YouTube chat questions if we have time because there are a few interesting ones in there. One that I want to address because it's about the US team that I think is wrong, but that's okay.
0: Yep, and remember, um, we are speed running these boys, okay? There are 25 questions in Discord alone. On the yeah, line, I'm gonna,
1: on the I'm actually gonna skip a couple of them because some of them we already talked about. uh, Derek asks one that we pretty much covered, which is how much fun did you guys have? And if you have a most memorable moment from WTC, let's just do a memorable moment.
0: I mean, I'll never forget every night in Bar Popular. That place was absolutely awesome every night. Just wow. every everybody you know at the same bar drinking until like midnight, 3 a.m., whatever. Um, many great conversations had. And I hear somebody went home in the back of a police car and somebody almost <laughs> got hit with a chair. So... <laughs> I did hear about both of those, yeah.
2: Yeah, then definitely the Swedes and their lovely little lemon shot or whatever it was. Her requires no. her,
1: maybe <laughs> some more communication and consent from their Belgian bartender than they anticipated.
2: Belgian bartender, yeah, and that might be my memorable moment would be Sebastian recounting to me the fact that uh, the Belgian bartender did not appreciate having a lemon wedge flung at his head.
0: Shocked truly shocked and odd
2: and this being the hotel bar and them just profusely apologizing and disappearing very quickly before they got kicked out of the hotel uh, Nathan
1: oh, Fuck it's typhus trying to make me cry at the end of it is basically my most memorable moment Although also the other most memorable one was um Adam lame of team England coming up to me and asking me if I wanted to see his algorithm Which was probably the most overt flirting. I got all weekend <laughs> are,
0: Was it a parent's algorithm those are banned Adam um, it wasn't for pairings, but it was something else, but that's, that's okay. Fine. As long as it wasn't for pairings, I don't have to chase out and down with a stick and beat him. It's
2: well, fine. no, they're allowed, but not at the table.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah that's um.
1: Okay. The next one is, was there any secret tech that you thought you missed out on?
2: All right, I'll admit it here, and this is the only time I'm going to say it, and this was right about the Dark Angels and the Death Watch.
0: <laughs> I know. Um we probably should have had nids over time um we didn't have anyone to replace the i was very close to playing nids for the event before i i wanted to stop off at death watch for a while and i went to nids first before i went to dark angels um with the intent being that we would move someone else over to dark angel or over to death watch uh, i ended up not wanting to do the um that's what on the basis that i still needed a moon player and i didn't have anyone i was confident in but i could have had somebody on Nids faster i think i wish i had paid more attention to them from the offset um i think that's the one that i was really upset with uh, i also was very impressed with chaos knights over the weekend more than i thought i would be um they worked very well in pairings as a counter to specifically an exactly gsc uh i think you needed one or two more of those like we ended up having a pretty good time into them with the like eldar match that actually they didn't went into the double into the double wraith guard and the deathwing knights but having a third would have been nice
1: um We'll talk about it more on stats, what I think about tech armies in this, in WTC and who made what mistakes and stuff like that. I will tell you that only one team got multiple wins with Tau based on... Yeah, it was Poland. Yeah. And it was Poland. And even Poland said that it was a mistake.
0: Yeah, we uh, we did too well with it. We went, we took it to Poland and accidentally did too well with it. And every team copied us and had it and regretted it. So Netherlands and Poland both took it as well. Uh, yeah. And I think all three of us kind of wish we had gone the other direction and taken the nids list that Poland had. Left. But I ended up just, the Nitzlust um, hadn't had a great success that weekend. So.
1: I think in talk, we'll probably talk have Pumbaa on like a variety of different shows. I'll probably talk to him on contact loss at some point. But I think I remember my drunk conversation with him at the bar um, after the event. Uh, I think he said he just kind of hoped that he'd taken – a more like an orcs list is what he was talking oh, about Oh yeah, or orcs, but...
0: also, orcs would also look very good but that's again or kind of fell into that they're a gsc answer and like as long as you had another as long as you had like three i think you were fighting the gsc we ended up having two and it was slightly too awkward all right i'm
1: gonna skip some of these because they're like really long questions um how how's everyone
0: feeling emotionally and physically right now is from john knackered elated and ready for night ready for my next tournament i can't wait to play 40k
2: yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. Uh, I have now booked in two team tournaments in October.
1: I am hype as fuck to do coverage for somebody else. So if anybody wants to pay me to come out and do coverage for them, I'll definitely do it. You're do San Diego? <laughs> Cup? I mean, if, they,
2: if, if they're willing to do it, I will do it. I think
0: um, we could probably make that happen. We've got yeah, all that stat check budget sitting around that we're not doing anything with. We should make something happen.
2: We should send sure. Nathan to the Kelly Cup.
0: I'll do I it. We could probably do that.
1: I don't. I right. I actually am so much more enthused by coverage right now than I am by playing singles. Although I am doing an event at the end of of September,
0: you got to stay good at 4 k to be at least a little bit good at coverage. Like you got to be a little bit in, knowing what to expect.
1: That's what that's what you're all here for, right? So I can just get messed up repeatedly in singles somehow.
0: Uh, I like John's second question. Uh, yes, are the forty i I'm playing in two GTS year. basically. Sorry, did I or did Nathan there? Cool. Um, I like John's question. Are the top tier single armies as broken as they appear, or did team moderate, teams moderate that well? I think Jesse got a little bit found out this weekend as having more answers than I think people have anticipated. Eldor mm-hmm. are wildly broken, uh, just yeah. like wildly, wildly beyond repair. Um, that army could lose 700 points out of its list and still be top tier. Yep, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, Frank asks if I what would I run if I had to cut the lion from my in my Warmaster if I had to put the lion on my Warmaster's list. Uh I wouldn't I'm sorry, the lion is not a good day. He is very fun and I definitely bought him. But you put the lion on your list, you are fundamentally playing a different list of what I was playing. I would play maximum lone operative bollocks with like triple talent master fifteen sniper scouts, and I wouldn't even bother running Death ring Knights in that list. I'm sorry, it's just not a good combination. There are too many points in one in one basket. Uh, tips for maximizing the mobility of the deathly night break shove it at your opponent, you're not going to try and kill it because if they try and kill it, they have to come into the open if they come into the open, your advance and shoot desolation marines rip them to bits, just make sure that happens and you'll be fine Mm -hmm. which country did you not want to play?
2: honestly, Italy that's fair. Just because of our history, we were concerned. Um, but I found out after the fact that the Italian captain, Danielle, had actually come out of retirement to lead the Italian team this year. Right. This is what I would have been told through, the, through some side channels uh, and specifically wanted to sit down with the Canadians if we didn't play and mend fences. Uh, and I mm-hmm. felt like our round against them did that exceptionally well because we had a very... Smooth very good round between the players. There was no real contention. There was no issues It was just two nations playing eight games of Warhammer into each other and One very salty Imperial Knight player who felt that he had been bust by his team into the custodes on on big L table
0: That's fair. We were definitely trying to dodge Poland Um Poland had the best read on our, like they were the one team we didn't want to play because they had the best read on us as players, the best read on us as teams. We had prepped with Poland almost as hard as we have with Iceland. And it was very nice to like follow a separate but also upright path alongside them, uh, watching them do very well with the same team comp we had, while we did very well for us with the same team comp, uh, which was great because I would have hated to have our run ended by the team that we prep with because it would have felt like, you know, we didn't get to prove ourselves. We just, you know, played more into a team that we knew was better than us. Uh, whereas getting to lose to like France and Australia was at least like, hey, this is the things that we can work on rather than, hey, this is a team that's better than you and also knows your shit. Um, yeah. So that was nice. Also, not playing England is always great because England is right there. and We always play England. So mm-hmm. it's nice to play against different people. Although playing Ireland is basically, was close enough to like playing another home nation's team <laughs> never feels great. <laughs> what was your hardest match over the weekend?
2: Germany, no question about that. Uh, Warmasters would have been round three of the custodes. Um, Scramble fields ritual. Don't really know how to play that round better.
1: Battle ready standards were my nemesis for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair.
0: France was definitely our toughest round. Like I know we were actually Australia's smallest win, um, which we were quite happy with. Uh, we definitely gave them a good fight. They had to push doors to, to try and get into the win territory, uh, and there was a there was a path to a draw there. Um, but France was just, we felt a little bit outclassed, um, a lot more than the Australia round. It was a lot more hopeless. Um, the, for the Warmasters, it was definitely my gaming in Sacco on the French cream. Uh The man played absolutely impeccably. Um, we had a very, very good, very clean game with a lot of sportmanship on both sides. I made a couple of mistakes. He made a couple of mistakes. Like It was a lot of passing the torch back and forth on, no, no, it's fine, just fix it um And we managed to scrape our way to a draw, and putting both the shadow around, which was like the best outcome for both of us and the worst outcome for both of our sleep. Um, so I was quite <laughs> happy with that. But definitely, a game. Uh, Saka was an absolute gentleman. I really hope he, if I can't win LGC this year, I hope it's him that doesn't, on the repeat. Right. Uh, what's everyone's four like, k plans until the data slate?
1: I have um, a GT in September. Um, I'm, and I'm running an RTT in September and like August or whatever I don't know.
2: I'm going to Capital City Bloodbath on Saturday most likely.
0: Yeah, I have like two or three Which tournaments. Which might be a massive mistake, but to I'm gonna I'm gonna hit things with some form of models. I don't know. I'm I've played like eighty games of Space Marines now. I'm kind of ready to move on to something else.
2: Let's go play Tier Nuts. I'm considering That's what I'm it, but doing. I don't
0: have what I need. I'm like. Three Molochs and two dragons short of what I want to play for Tieranids, which is Alex Angels off singles list. Um, <laughs> it was a very fun list, list to watch. very fun. um Not exactly, but very similar to it. I would have to I would have to do a lot of work for for nids, and I kind of don't want to buy Nids stuff until the codex comes out. So I'm a little bit in a holding pattern with them. So I don't know. I might try to Create Ice List, because it did look fun, even if I still don't understand it or think it's very good. Um,
1: <clears throat> um I guess I was gonna think about playing Tier as well. But I don't know if I will. I'll probably just play Eldar bec- if they don't get hit too hard in the slate in early mid-September. Look, I want to win something every now and then, at least to make people think that
0: I'm good at 40k occasionally. <laughs> Maybe. What's everyone's hope for the day? It's like Eldar in the bin, Genesler's down a little bit. Marine's toned down on Oath, but improved in every other way.
2: Yep. Um. Yep. Custodes, Custodes and gutted. Hopefully, that's the only thing I want to change with Necrons. I think the only thing I think that really needs to change with them right now.
0: They uh, die, I they think should the should probably not be able to have semper paternal weave. Hundred percent, it shouldn't.
2: Yeah.
0: Or it needs to be
1: way more expensive. Yeah, that's like it's just not fun to play against. It's it's sub three hundred points for something that's half damage with a form field, no pain that can teleport on advancing and stuff like that is too good for its points. Yeah,
2: that's fair. All right. I want to ask this one because it's something that people are laughing at, but I think actually can happen. Will North America start to adopt adopt WTC terrain as a standard? What can we do to show support for the format? Um, I mean, my local has already 100% 100 embraced WTC terrain. Uh, And when people, when they found out that Bloodbath was not moving to WTC terrain, that actually drove some people away from the event. Um, to the point where, when I agreed to run the doubles event, I, I arranged to borrow eight tables of WCC terrain that we would just play the doubles on. Because again, it was you know, people, when people found that out, they're like they're much happier. Um, similarly, Riley has gone out west and is basically trying to make sure that they all run WTC terrain as well. Because um, the fundamental thing is, is that WTC listens to feedback, um, which means that if a terrain set or a terrain layout isn't working, they'll change it and they'll update it not too dissimilar from what the UKTC does, wherein Zach listens to feedback. Uh, Neil, Tom. The real
0: answer is support events that have WC terrain, except that they might be a little more expensive on the first of the first outing because they're having to buy the terrain. Um, Yeah. Put your money where your mouth is. If people are running a WC, WC event, make the effort to go.
2: Yeah. 100%.
1: That. There's a question in YouTube chat that I just want to answer because I think it's just wrong and I'm going to answer it for Anthony, which I think is amusing, which is uh, talking about the U.S. team shopping single players in a trench coat and managing to get second, which I think is a gross mischaracterization of how the U.S. team was managed this year. Um, uh, That team, in fact, didn't bring several top singles players on purpose because they didn't buy into the team system is my understanding. So...
2: I heard similar. Uh, not only that, but they had
0: America were wonderful this year. Leave them alone. They deserve everything they earned. And I'm so glad they didn't win. Uh. <laughs> that was generally the <laughs> consensus that I got
1: is that everybody was happy they changed the way that they were managing their team's philosophy. But didn't want them to win.
0: win. <laughs> I, I, I'm happy with America coming second every year from now until the end of time. But if oh, they ever no. win, I can't handle it. <laughs> but
2: they have won. It,
1: I mean, the thing that I got was it was anyone but England, but that also meant anyone but the USA.
0: It's Anthony me. spent a year working on the America's reputation for anyone but England and probably the USA. Like if I had to choose between the two, I would have picked the USA. Yeah. But if it could be neither, I would die happy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would also say that I absolutely love everybody on Team England. Uh, every single person who plays for Team England, I adore, uh, with the possible exception of Nazim. Uh, however, I will I will die before I uh, before I would ever be happy that Team England won. Team England, the institution is a mortal enemy. they
1: were one of the jerseys that i most wanted because they put up with me the most over the weekend over the week to be fair it's because you were attached to nathan at the hip yeah but nathan was also amazing we we became wonderful we became best buds almost instantaneously (laughs) that's cute it was we basically looked at each other and were like we're nathan's we're friends congratulations
0: (laughs) entirely reasonable Okay, very quickly moving on. Um, Favorite food or drink you had?
1: (laughs) There was this, this pizza Piz stuff, which was like hot honey that you put on pizzas at the event. Um, so it was like honey with chili in it. That was good on everything that I put it on. Fries were also delicious. I'm sorry, folks, but because I was staff, they fed me. So I didn't get to go to a lot of places. Although I will say I almost cried also a different time when I went out with Team Canada for dinner once. Because it was the first real food I had taken. Because right, right, right before WTC and what almost caused me to maybe not be able to make it was I got two of my teeth removed by a dentist. So the first solid food that I'd eaten in quite a while was actually with Team Canada and it was delicious Italian food and I almost wept at the table basically then and there as well.
0: We had I believe our nights were like the first night we went for a, a nice brewery dinner where I had ribs, then the next night we had steak and then I had an otacos.
2: <laughs> and... oh no. Mm. So was was that anybody... your
0: otacos receipt by the way that's circulating? No, that was um, that was Jonathan's. <laughs> Uh, my tacos <laughs> order was significantly more messed up because he had a medium and I did not. <laughs> I paid eighteen euros for like a taco filled with like chicken breast, and bacon and cheese, and like a Powerade to wash it down with. It was Fucking... like an it was the most incredible. It's just like a like a taco wrap stuffed with meat and cheese, and it was the best um <laughs> taco is correcting quotation marks from yeah exactly uh, from the steak night was yeah. great the the ribs were great. i'm gonna be honest the sunday night mcdonald's kind of hit the spot in the right way though where we were like just putting something <laughs> in our body so we could go and drink until 3 a.m um we were like we'll go to the oh. steak place that we went to last year where we're counting kind of we did not make it to the steak place like we were yes. like there's a mcdonald's 150 meters away and then vodka and then <laughs> um quad vodkas is a thing so
2: yeah for us it was for me food it was always the comfort food that is capsulon. uh any locals <laughs> will know exactly what i'm talking about with that uh for anyone who has not indulged in this low country's delicacy it is fries shawarma or um kebab meat cheese baked and then with veg on top
0: I put the veg on top at that point like just stop <laughs> now,
2: the veg on top actually adds a nice amount of flavor to it so i don't i actually like it
0: there was one uh, on the thing that I wanted brownie. to but It was, it was very orange. funny because
2: after our first night at the kebab place, because it was after round one of the WTC, which was finished at 10 o'clock. Please don't do that again.
0: Oh, yeah. You guys made <laughs> it exactly as far as the first ta- the first food place after the venue every night. We'd walk past you on our way to like Cook in the town center or something like that, where 400 people would order like the same thing and they would bring it out in the wrong order. And you guys would always just be like in the first one. like You couldn't make it like another 50 meters to all the care. other places. Didn't care. It, it worked. Great.
2: The food was good. Uh, but there was definitely a moment of uh, <laughs> the second time we went there, Kier, our Orc player, just looked at me and said, what was that thing with the fries you got? Because it looked amazing. And I was like, just this. Just order
0: this. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, moving on. What do you think WC needs to do for next year to improve? I think timings for the Thursday could have been better. Finishing content did suck, as Jeremy said. I don't think the singles needs to be um, I think the singles round could probably be after the first round of the finals or the first round of the main event. Just like have it be that have that be the one that finishes at ten, so it's one person sitting around late. I get giving people time to get in and stuff like that, but I think that the order was a little whack there. Um, it also has the finals at like a time that like the US and stuff can watch, which helps a bunch. Um, and then as we spoke, the the round time on the the round time on the Sunday. Where we only got an hour for lunch was probably the only other thing that I was really upset with. Uh, on a personal, hand, the, the captain's box had way less cool shit in it this year. But I get that that was like sponsorship stuff. We got like coy opens and all that, and like little witches and stuff last year. Um, like base markers and stuff like that. And there was it was like it was cool. We got some stuff, but it would have been nice to have like a couple of extra things in there because that box was like Christmas Day last year, and this year it was a box with our name cards in it. Um. But I understand that that's all like supplemental to the main event and not something that I'm really complaining about. It was just like, oh, I was looking forward to this. I still got the box because the box is cool. Uh, Anything else? Um, It would have been nice to have a little bit of dedicated practice space on the Thursday, on like the Wednesday and Thursday when people weren't playing games specifically. So that like people who were just there for the team event could actually get some games in and prep. That's always been a thing at WTC. And it was a little awkward that there weren't any this year and you had to wait for like singles tables to finish. Uh, or to not be in use for dropping I don't think that that was perfect but again it's you know if this thing event's going to be significantly bigger than the event that's not a thing that you can guarantee anymore yeah but it would have been nice to have
2: on Thursday there was dedicated practice space from one to basically four until four yeah it's not it wasn't ideal time. it would have been nice if we'd been able to get into the hall earlier in the day but I also understand why we weren't allowed into the hall until earlier because they wanted to make sure everything was set up but but it's definitely, yeah, for the, sure. but it's definitely the some stuff on. that
0: I would have liked to see be, like, some stuff that would have made our experience as the team easier. I don't know how that would impact on the organizers, because that's not the side of things that we're looking at this from. Um, yep. On the stream side of things, I definitely think it would have been cooler to see a little more integration between the Wargames Live and the Contact Lost stuff for the English language stream. Having that those two be, like, a combined, like, joint, you know, like, have WTC stream, like, mm-hmm. the Wargames Live output with Content Lost like, in between games and stuff like that. I think that would have been a better way to do it um on that but i don't I know can... what the like discussion was there and nathan will know more about that so than I will.
1: um on that what i'll tell you is that i talked to joe as we were breaking down and we kind of like stood there and chatted for a little bit and it just basically was us and so like streaming is hard to do at the best of times but we hadn't had as much planning time with war games live as we probably should have had um Just because of scheduling and because one set of us is in Poland and one set of us is is not. Um, But for next year, if War Games Live comes again, we already talked about integrating our two streams completely so that we'll have more stuff going on. So me and Joe already talked about that as a weakness um, and talked about how we can do it better for next year so that we can have games commentary from Adam commentary (laughs) and Joe. And then between rounds just have us on as well for the other end of it. And, like, that will improve things significantly. Oh, so we've talked about and that's already on the docket as an improvement.
0: Yep. Um, Any scandalous stories people may not be aware of? No. We that's... generally prefer not to cover the scandalous side of things. We try that's to be positive about the event. There also wasn't a ton this year, and none of it was super interesting. Like, nobody <laughs> was throwing models at people. Like... The Scandinavians. One of them went home in a police car on the last night, and nobody knows why. It was drink. It was obviously drink.
2: Uh, and it wasn't the was, last he, night. I'm pretty sure it was on the Wednesday night. It wasn't, <laughs> it was it and it way. was
0: actually
1: just policemen nicely taking them home. Basically, that was all it was. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, Sebastian but,
2: but, got a a, a, rumor, a, a taxi guys. ride home for free.
0: So you're not <laughs> even like remotely leading into the worst rumor rumors. Like, come on. But no, we're not. I heard Tony punched a guy. Like, come Stop on, man. Can,
1: can I give you a much? I'm going to give you a much better and funnier story from staff dinner instead. How about that? So on the last staff dinner, we were all sitting down and it's me, TJ, and like 20 European staff who are helping for the weekend, basically the week and Adam Camilleri whips out his fucking phone, puts the volume at maximum and hits play and country road starts playing. Um, and the whole staff table. Start singing, including me and TJ, basically because we decided we might as well join in. Uh, country road at the top of their lungs. Of the like twenty some odd people at the table, two of two of us have been to Virginia, <laughs> and, and I don't know why anyone else would know about this song and know the lyrics to it and be able to sing it. it but it in definitely Kingdom was. Too. Sure, That's true. But most... it was it definitely was eerie and kind of fun and kind of weird all at the same time. <laughs> Um, so there, there's your funny
0: story from WTC. Okay. Have you all noticed the general vibe slash notoriety slash prestige of WC increasing and changing over time? This is the most I've been aware of it slash update on WTC stuff, but that's because I've been on the static Discord. Yeah, first of all, if you want to know about WC, be in the StatCheck Discord. It's a great place to catch literally every update, literally all the time. Up to and including me shitting the bed over who we've paired or things like that. It's great. Yep.
2: Yeah. Uh, I will say from talking to Neil. Uh, all of the streams were breaking all-time records constantly throughout the week, so there's definitely a ton of eyeballs on WTC as compared to last year, but yeah, it was it's definitely growing. It's definitely gaining popularity and variety. Um, I expect selection for a lot of teams this year to be absolutely insane.
0: It's also amazing. Yeah, I'm very much hoping we get a bunch more applicants this year. Even if we don't end up taking them, it's still cool to have more people interacting and pushing everybody because having a strong base of players to pick from pushes everybody to play better so that they keep mm-hmm. their spot or do not want to
2: don't get complacent when someone can replace them.
1: Mm-hmm. WTC is amazing. 12 out of 10 best 40k experience I've ever had in my entire life. There you go. It's my You're review. there. Actually, yeah, let's call it there. I hope everybody has a wonderful evening. You're all amazing yeah. and
0: beautiful. People. We had one more question that I actually did say that we would no. um touch on very quickly. Give me I one refuse. Second. I'm doing it. it. So, somebody said no. something about how do you push people to do more team events because their state is they look at the WC and said they want to try and do a bunch. The, the real answer is to just run them at the size that your community can accommodate. Yes. Eight-man teams is great. Yes, five man teams is the first time where pairings really starts to matter. If your team can get three and four mans off the ground consistently, it's significantly more important for making your community actually care about it. Make it a high make it a big event, make it something that people like care about. Run it in a cool place. Don't just run it in like the local stores or whatever If you can do it, run it, make it a make it a feature, make it an event, make it something that stands out and people will enjoy it and people will want to come back. That's that's the real yeah. the real big one. It doesn't matter yeah. if it's three mans, it doesn't matter if it's eight man's. If you can only do 10, 10, player, like 10 teams doing three mans. that's the same event, same number of people as a local GT. You can run mm-hmm. that event, anybody can run that event. And I'll it's the first that, step on making people care.
2: The sweet spot is four-man teams, because you can easily fit four people, armies, and luggage in a single car in America. Since this is for Montana, people tend to be fairly spread out. It's a lot easier to get a group of ca- a carload of buddies to an event. Um, having consistent terrain, Having decent organization and having a, at least one TO who knows the rules, knows what's happening, is going to be really important. But really, what it comes down to is hop onto the stat check Discord, hop on our Patreon, and ask us. We have everything that we could possibly lend you. Check out the WTC, how they do things. The teams events are actually a lot easier to run than you may think, and they're wildly more popular with than with single than than singles events are once people start experiencing them.
0: Definitely yeah, slide when, into once you DMs. get it started, the snowball effect is insane.
1: Yep. Definitely slide into our DMs and see if we can help you in some way promote your event as well. Like, we will we'll help you out if you want help running Teams events. I personally will help you out if I can.
2: Same here. More than happy to.
0: Other than that, we're really sorry, guys. We have run 45 minutes over schedule. I know we said we would, but there have been a ton of questions this week, and we're going to continue our WC coverage into next week. So if you had one of the questions that you asked in the chat this week, uh, do chuck us in a DM, get it in the chat next week, uh, or drop it in the Discord at patreon.com slash statcheck. We'll be more than happy to do our best to get through as many as we can. Uh, Unfortunately, this is a show that I record at 11 o'clock at night, and I do have have a bedtime. Uh, So thank you so much, everyone, for being with us this week. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. We'll be back with you live at 11 p.m. standard uh, next Tuesday. That's the words. Uh, you, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Um, we'll be back with you live 11 p.m. next Tuesday for the UK. Various times across the globe for everyone else. Please do, do check out patreoncom check, youtubecom c check, and slash coaching for all of the various things that we do. Thank you so much everyone, for being with us. Thank you so much for allowing us to send Nathan to the WC to do coverage. It's one of the things that I'm the proudest of being able to do as part of StatCheck. We love you all. Thank you. Good luck at any tournaments this weekend, and goodbye.
1: Bye-bye. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.